Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the show. This podcast is sponsored by Chocaloha. Go to chocaloha.com, use the promo code Jujitsu Radio, get 20% off. I'm going to power through these uh, sponsors. Hopefully, then I won't get upset because we got a special guest today. But go check out our sponsor, Chocaloha, chocaloha.com, Jujitsu Radio, get you 20% off. Then go check out Jujitsu Soap Co. Use the promo code JJ Radio, get 10% off. Sean, I don't think you saw it, but he made a pretty cool uh, promo poster. Jay from Jiu-Jitsu Soap Co. made a, a pretty cool poster. I don't know if it's safe for the kids, but it's pretty cool. Uh, I'll show it to you later. It was definitely not uh, not safe for the kids. Yeah, but it was definitely super cool. I really appreciate the, the, the promotion. So go check out Jiu-Jitsu Soap Co. Use the promo code JJ Radio. Get 10% off. Check out GiraffeChoke.com. JJ Radio is the promo code. Oh, look at that. Consistency all the way around. Man. Makes it easy. Yeah, right? Get... F- 20% off a uh, order of $50 or more. I know that uh, Cyrus is working on some new graphics and stuff. I was just talking to him the other day. Hopefully, I can get him on the podcast. Go check out GiraffeChoke.com. Go buy something. Don't be a dick. Go support the team. Go support the, the home squad. And now, even though I rushed through it a little bit, I want to go ahead and introduce our, our guest for today. He's been a a guest on the podcast before he reached out to me said hey i want to be on the podcast and i said come this week and he said no thanks and i said next week he's like okay maybe and then he said no thanks and then he said next week he said okay now you may see me well that's that's the special part of the special guest. yeah it's be yeah it's on his time Deal. I'm the best there is, plain and simple. I mean, I wake up in the morning, I piss excellence, and nobody can hang with my stuff. Keep stealing, woo, wheeling, dealing, limousine, right, jet flying, son of a gun, and I'm having a hard time holding these alligators down. Woo! Cheers, gentlemen. Cheers. Cheers. Clinky, clinky. Clinky, clinky. A lot of tin cans. All right. Trying something new. Hide power potion. Pineapple cooler. Your name alone. Yeah, I know. Like, I'll see you tomorrow for sure. I'm gonna have a little bit of extra energy. Let me drink half. Yeah, it's not that much. In the grand scheme, per serving fifty caffeine. Yeah, per serving milligram. I think yeah, (laughs) for like per sip. I think uh, I think it would actually kind of screw me up pretty good if I end up chugging this down. So I'm only gonna sip it. Don't drink the whole thing. Good evening, professor. Good evening. How are you? I'm doing great, brother. Thanks for coming out. Thank you for having me. Um, you know, I know that uh, it's been a little crazy, but, you know, when <laughs> you get family man. in town and, you know, J-O-B and kids and craziness, so. Look, I we, listen, we made it happen. Hey, look, dude, that's your fault. Yeah, that is my fault. Yeah. All of it. <laughs> you're the one deciding, I'll take credit for it. You're the one deciding to be an adult yeah. and do all the crazy stuff. but And, and it sucks. I think, nah, not all the time. I think out of... The three of us here, you do the most in the, in the jiu-jitsu community. So I think you get the, the leeway of taking that. the time off. So we've got options. We can either start off with a couple of uh, jiu-jitsu news or we can kind of go straight into uh, something that you said you wanted to talk to me about because you sounded like you had something on your mind. Do we want to keep the people in suspense? I'm yeah, let's keep them in suspense for a little bit. All right. So hopefully I'll remember what the heck I wanted to talk about. That's good because <laughs> I got a couple of things that I actually wanted to bring up and talk about. It's actually a lot of things that happened uh, this past week or so. 
actually, we didn't do the podcast last week. It wasn't all your fault because I had to move last week anyway, so it kind of worked out to my benefit. Doing grown-up things. Yeah, I hate that stuff. But um, this past week, Norifumi Kid Yamamoto passed away. Rest in peace, brother. Died of cancer. Um, I couldn't find anything. I don't think they really specified what kind of cancer he had, but 41 years old, record of 18 and 6. Had one of the fastest knockouts in one of the organizations. I think he had a four-second knockout. UFC 2011 fought against Demetrius Johnson. This guy was a legend, like, for... Oh, yeah. Yeah, he was a legend to, to define legends, for yeah. sure. I mean, I remember him, you know, that in, in back in K1 Heroes, when they yeah. had the tournaments, yep. you know, Yamamoto was just a beast. People literally just pull out of fights when they... and or not take the fights against him. Um, you know, um, a former teammate of mine was supposed to fight him at uh, one point, J.C. Cavalcante. Yeah, that's right. Know. And, uh, you know, and I remember him training for it and, you know, everybody, because, you know, he comes from a heavy, heavy wrestling family. His father was a, a world-class wrestler. Uh, his sisters, uh, I believe they're also both world-class wrestlers. One of his sisters is married to Ensign Inouye, or Adrian oh, really? Inouye, one oh, of the yeah. Inouye yeah. brothers. Um, you know, so I, I mean, the guy straight out of the womb was just, you know, wrestling and fighting and born fighter. You know, and he, he was incredibly talented. He was a character. You know, everybody thought that he was just kind of like a little bit of a jerk, but you know, that was just his switch. Because I'd met him um, a couple of times, mm. and he was always super cool, super chill guy. You know, we always had some, you know, he between his broken English and, you know. And my Spanglish, there was something to talk about, and he was funny. He loved comic books and um, tattoos. I think, you know, in the last couple of years, his body was probably fully covered in tattoos. Yeah, yeah. So he had a, he had a couple of really cool ones. He had the old one around the neck. I think it was all Japanese lettering. Yeah. Cool guy, man. Sorry I never got to meet him, but shout out to his family, our, uh, our condolences. And then, I mean, not that I wanted to start off really with sad news like that, but it happens. Next, I got Gilbert Dorino Burns is going to be fighting at the Gracie Pro. Gracie Pro. So he was supposed to fart, fight. He's supposed to fart? fart. Yeah, he's supposed Maybe. to fart. Maybe I'm sure. Too. I'm sure it happens. No, I got stories about that one. That's different. <laughs> that one I have stories about. He was supposed to fight Clark Gracie, and uh, actually, I went over to his house, uh, to Gilbert's house on Sunday. Okay. I hung out a little bit, and he's like, "Oh yeah, Clark pulled out." So I'm like, so injury, gonna do we know if there's an injury or supposedly there was an injury? I can't confirm or deny. I think it was probably just a bailout more than anything. I don't know, man. I, I wouldn't think Clark. Clark Clay hasn't done any like massive like matches in a while, right? So yeah, like, but he's one of those guys. I don't see him pulling out. He competes. He competes regularly. Look, either way, it's a benefit for us because now he's gonna fight Sergio Moraes. Sergio Moraes, big dude, skilled, and even better. Don't forget that Sergio fought Kamaru. So there's That's a little right, bit, he did in MMA. He's got a little bit of a little history. Yeah. yeah. So it would be cool to see. That one is on the 30th of September. And actually, that uh, that Gracie Pro School, we got Terry Ray versus Rafael Abi Rihan. Yeah. Rihan. That's the guy that gave me my nickname in Brazil. Abi? No. Abi Fa- No. He, yeah. Rafa- Rafael. Yeah. He gave me the Miudo nickname. We went really? to his school in uh, Rio. And. Uh, I told him my name. He goes, no. <laughs> he goes, no. Here you're going to be Miudo. And Manny just started cracking up. And I'm like, That's awesome. what's so funny about it? I don't get it. 
Well, what it means, it means teeny tiny little guy. Yeah. So that's Abi Helan. He's the one that gave you me like show up to the gym naked or something. That's why. No. Then he would have called me tripod. So <laughs> <laughs> I don't. That would have. I don't know what that is in Portuguese. Look, <laughs> it's cool to see Terere back though. Yeah, oh, and that's awesome. Player. I mean, yeah, that's, 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 that's freaking legend. There, but here's you know? the thing. Now, from your experience. Do you think that a lot of people really know the history of Terere? No, think. I don't think so. Not not the new school yeah. guys. I mean, because for a very long time, you know, Terere um, has some personal issues that he had to deal with. Mm-hmm. Um, he stepped out of the scene. He completely sort of disappeared from the jiu-jitsu world. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, he started back with his social project in Brazil, you know, doing his work in the favelas and training again and all of a sudden he started popping up i believe he competed in polaris yeah he did polaris for yeah and uh you know so i don't think everybody can truly appreciate what it means to have you know terere yeah in a in any event for that matter i think ricardo did a good breakdown of him Pretty sure, yeah. right? He did a breakdown. Oh, Ricardo Amendola. Yeah, 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 absolutely. I, I mean, he loves... To, he's a yeah. Terere super fan. I think it's one of those things, if people really studied a lot of the techniques that are that are pretty standard for jiu-jitsu now... Like no, no, he was... He, I remember watching... He was way ahead of He was game. ahead of the way curve. Way ahead of his time. And he was super aggressive. Oh. That's one of those things. It wasn't, he wasn't the one that broke his arm against... No, that was Jacare. That was Jacare. Yeah. yeah, that's a different match. That's different a, different Ray type yeah, of guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> And then you actually have, for the girls, Jessica Swanson against Tyenne uh, Porfirio. Porfirio, yeah. Yeah, I met her. She was actually here a couple of months ago. She did a seminar with Bruna up in uh, at Combat Club. Mm-hmm. Super nice girl. Super fucking strong. She is no joke. Like, I went to go meet her. She just woke up because I went over again to Gilbert's house. And she had just woken up. She comes out. She says hi. Like, shook her hand. I'm like... Please don't ever fucking punch me. <laughs> Her hand was just straight muscle. Super nice person. So that's going to be actually a pretty good, um, pretty good tournament, at least for the super fights. Um, the big news this week, Eddie Cummings left Donna her death squad and went to Unity Academy. How crazy is that? Uh, look, he was one of the, the original Donna part Herd of the death squad. Well, yeah, but at the same time, it, it's... You can't. There's a lot of top dogs there. You can't. It's like, you yeah. But with, when you're one of the originators, yeah. But like, he's been it, like, if you've paid attention, he's been kind of shopping around a lot. A lot of guys do that though. Yeah, but you you, you could kind of see the writing on the wall with that. I don't know why. And look, he could still be cool with everybody. You never know. It just means like, yeah. I mean, I, I, you know, and that happens in in different ways. You know, whether. You know, it was just a mutual thing or convenience. Uh, you know, you can you right. You 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 really don't think about going from you know Henzo's to Unity because you're literally in the same city block almost. Yeah. Um, but I mean, it could be have been a, a thing of you know, there's a couple of new up and coming guys out you know in his weight class in in the Danaher Henzo yeah, team. Yeah. Um, I forget the kid's name, but he just won a. Either the Kasai or one of the EBI events, one of the invites. Ryan? No, 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 no. I think it's Tony something or. Uh, he he replaced someone in one of the main events, and right. I, and I apologize for not remembering his name. 
Um, it's an Italian but guy. Yeah. No, Johnny Grippo's Garcia. But, uh, but anywho, you know, maybe Eddie caught feelings over that. Uh, yeah. But if you look at, you know, just like Sean said, you start looking at the writing on the wall. You know, he was training, cross-training to a lot of different other places. Yeah. Not really, you know, involved when his teammates were competing. When he was always there. Um, you know, it just happens. It's the evolution of things. There might have been some kind of disagreement. It might have not. From your opinion, and having worked with pro fighters and things like that, how do you feel about guys that do that? Whether it's someone that's one of the the big names in your team but goes and trains at other gyms. Is that something that you frown upon? Because I think it happens more and more. Uh, yeah, lately, of course, it happens more. I mean, I, I remember the times where there was probably, and I'm not exaggerating, in South Florida, and I'm talking from Vero Beach to the Keys, maybe five, six black belts. Yeah. You know, cross-training didn't happen back then. You were a trader, you were a creonche, you were, you know, you, you were outcasted if you ever did that. Uh, however, you know, nowadays, you know, there's five black belts in one single gym and, you know, everybody cross trains, you know, some place, some people, you know, go to one particular place because of their wrestling program or their kickboxing program and they go to another jujitsu or maybe they just have friends over there and want to train every now and then with their friends, you know, just for fun. So that, that's not... I don't think it's that big a deal. Um, I think when it comes to the professional MMA guys, even some of the professional grapplers, you start crossing certain particular boundaries because specific techniques, specific strategies. But I think now the whole issue of, you know, you still, everybody still sort of claims their team and and so to speak. but I don't think it's so frowned upon anymore. I think it, I think it comes down to honestly. I think it comes down that I think Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu is starting to become Americanized. Right. And when something comes Americanized, it's less about loyalty and more about trying to become the best. But it's also people are understanding more the line of the pro guys. Like that's the thing that I started seeing is okay, all the people that that I've been able to train under like. George Santiago, and you sit there and look, they were professional fighters. They understand about going to another place to go and train because you need to work with a specific person or someone that has a specific style. I think those people are more open-minded about it compared to other guys that maybe are a little bit more old school where they're like, no, you're here, you're here forever, you're not going anywhere. I think that bounces back to what Sean said, is about being the best performer, the best athlete, that you can be, yeah. you know, and if that means, you know, that you train at XYZ gym consistently, this is your home base, but you have friends that train at a different gym and you know they're very good at a particular skill set, maybe they're good foot lockers, maybe they have really, really good wrestling and, and you need to take advantage of that situation, you you're going to go. cross train with your yeah. friends. Yeah. You have to. And I think with the American, with Americans, we don't have that loyalty bug because our loyalty is that money we pay you every month. We pay you that 150 or that 100 or 120, whatever it is for your gym membership. That's my loyalty. But I, do I don't receive the loyalty back, yeah. which sometimes, and the way these schools go, it what happens. are you giving me? 
Yeah. I'm paying you for a service. You're giving me a, you're you're giving me the service. Yeah. Why should I stay loyal to you out of there's, out of that? There's no unless there's a personal relationship. Yeah. With between you and the professor, I see no problem. There's no non-disclosure agreement when you sign up for a gym. Yeah. Right? You go, and, but, you go but look, I went through it and it sucked. Where I had to well, pick. I mean, yeah, yeah. So did I. I went through. I went through it uh, eight years ago yeah. when I left American Top Charles McCarthy's American Top Team right. to train with Manny. Manny Manny's jujitsu just made sense to me. Right. It just everything he taught just was right in my wheelhouse. So, and and. But I love Charles. He's such a nice guy. He still is a nice guy. But, you know, and, and I had a lot of friends that were training at ATT in Boynton. And so, but I just liked Manny's Jiu-Jitsu better. And it was a hard decision. For five months, I still played both places. Right. Just because I, like, I had this sense of, like, I owed him something. Even yeah. though I didn't. I really didn't owe him anything. Yeah. I paid him for... For the education that he gave me, and then once you know, once I found something that made more sense to me, I went there, and I yeah. and, and and I think that's a personal perspective. You know, if you want to look at it in that particular aspect, you get your bachelor's degree from Florida Atlantic University or any particular college, but then you go get your master's somewhere else. Yeah, you know, you're paying for an education, mm-hmm. just like you said, and I feel that I can continue my education elsewhere. You do you that. Do it. However, the you know. You also want to look at, you know, it is a martial art. And we focus on the part of martial. There's still a little bit of sense of loyalty, just like I said. You mm-hmm. debated and, yeah. and fought that for some time, you know. Um, you know, I, I've had more arguments with some of my coaches with, to the point that, you know, it was like I want to strangle each other, <laughs> you know. And we take some time off and, yeah. you know, we talk it over. And, you know, I made my personal choice and prerogative, for, you know, to, to stay where I'm at. Um, but you see it even at the top level. You know, let's let's take the three of the top guys in the world: Leandro Lo, mm-hmm. Buchecha, and uh, Rafael uh, Rodolfo Vieira, rather. Mm-hmm. And you know, they're virtually three different teams. Mm-hmm. You know, and they train together yeah, all the time. Yeah, all the time. And these are guys that face each other all the time, and usually on the absolute divisions. Yeah. You know, Rafael and Buchecha have competed a bunch of times. Leandro Lo and Buchecha just face each other in the finals. Where Buchecha gave him the win, dude, because he had an injured shoulder. Yeah. So, you know, I think now with the times and the changes, you know, and reaching that elite level, I think it's a little different. And I, I think, think the pool gets like smaller up at the higher you go, the pool is. But smaller. I think it's smarter. I think it's smarter because look, why should we all love this thing? Right. Why should we have this? But you're, like the, that's, that's the, the old event. school, like this Japanese, Chinese, like martial art thing, like you're saying, like school. I mean, there's a reason why every single old Wu Tang Shaolin movie was school against school. You right. know, like you, your guy came to our school, he raided our gym, and then he like he but beat that, up our best guy. And a, now we're like bitter rivals. That's an antiquated mentality. Yeah, though. but I mean, I, I think a lot of people still look ground. at it that way. I think a lot of people still look at it that way, and that's... Oh, a lot of people still do. Yeah. Absolutely. 100%. Yeah. yeah, and most of those people have stopped. <laughs> I mean, that's yeah. true. I, like, there's because a reason why. Let's, let's be real. You know, Sean and I are on the same age group, same division, same weight class, and if he tells me, man, Carlos, I need some help. Can you come in and train with me for a little bit? I'm going to Pan. I'm going to World Masters. I'm going to whatever. Man, you bet your sweet ass I'm going to be here, you know, grinding with him. I'll tell him to come over. 
I don't care. And but it's you know, again, we're just trying to help each other yeah. get better. And so what? We face each other in some tournament. Listen, you know, for the next five and a half, you know, whatever, however long our brackets are, you know. I'm gonna try to do my thing. You're gonna try to but do your we'll, thing. And we'll probably and then, laugh, again, laugh the whole time. And we'll time. laugh at it the whole time. And then I'll buy him a Starbucks afterwards. But it, it still comes down to the same thing, though, because of the experience and the knowledge that you have. Right. It's because you've been there. Like guys that have been there and you've trained with the best of the best in your sport, you're still gonna go and say, hey, I need to work with this guy if I wanna get better. Even though you might end up competing against each other, then you know, hey, I'm gonna go fight against someone else that competes against us. I need your help to train. Will you help right. me train? It what, what might the only thing that would be a dick move would be like releasing okay. all the secrets. No, it's not so much that. It's train like if we, if Carlos and I trained together and one of us had the ulterior motive of learning their game. Right. right. Oh yeah, that that's that, a dick move. That's a that's dick a dick move. move. But it, if it's more just dude, let's drill, train, or whatever. Like I like Rodrigo's right down the road, and I told him I go look if you need someone to roll with because he was getting ready for. Uh, can't remember what fight to he's win. got a fight to win coming. Fight to there. win, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's competing in it. Again. So I'm like, dude, if you if you need a heavy body, sure, I'll be there. To, you know, <laughs> sounds the way to go. I'll be there right now. I don't know if I'll do it with my with my back, but yeah, I offered when my back was feeling better. So it's like, and, and I've competed against Rodrigo. Right. So it's like, yeah, again, I mean, it, there's, it's not like you get to travel to go and train at yeah. all these other gyms. So you pull from the pool that you have. What too. I what and I it's a good pool. What I kind of like though is I like. Florida, like my 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 loyalty is people in Florida. You know, and that's something I was going to touch on right now. I think that also happens depending on your geographical location. Yeah. You know, you go to you know you you're looking at places like Florida. You're looking at places like New York. You're looking at places like California, which I call it the trifecta mm-hmm. of jujitsu in the United States. And there's a huge population of jujitsu in those. At least northeast instead of just New York, the northeast, where you can easily cross train with other people, okay. But that's not going to apply going to somewhere a little bit more secluded like Montana or South Dakota. You know, you might have to drive an hour or two to get to the next location. So that might be a privilege that you don't have, and that mentality may be a little different in those locations as well. Yeah, so, I mean, different styles, different and mentality, and population like there. If you're if you're in you know Butte, Montana, every student, can, one, losing one student can mean the difference between eating one month or not eating yeah, one. Absolutely. Month. So, you know, it's crazy though. I mean, the the quality, like you're saying, the the trifecta that we have, we have so many good people down here, and then in New York, there's so many good people, and it's not even all in the city. You go 30 minutes north, you got JT. You know, mm-hmm. it's like so you have killers in all these like random places. What's cr- what's crazy though is, is Florida. Like, I I realized California might be the same because I saw when I went out there. I remember seeing like, oh, there's a oh, there's another one. Right. There's another one. Florida. It seems like you can't throw a rock. Yeah. Without like, it's with, getting... literally within a four mile radius, there are from here. Yeah. There's at least three or four other schools. You have. There's us, there's the Palm Beach gym, there's... Um, Rodrigo. Yeah, Rodrigo, and then you have George. And George, Lynn. and then there's another place that just there's opened. There's another Gracie Baja. Another like Gracie Baja right down the street. It's like, yeah. it's crazy, dude. It's But crazy. if you go like a little north, I mean, you have Marcelo, and then you have Hinato. So, oh, speaking of which, uh, shout out to Marcelo, who won another belt. 
uh, at uh, Men of War, I think it was, this past weekend. So congratulations, Professor. I don't know where. Have you been to his gym? Uh, Jupiter, the Armory? In Ju- yes, yes, I have been. He's got so many belts. Or like, I have a feeling like I probably I could take one and he wouldn't even notice. Like, I'll just walk in one day wearing one of his belts. I, you know, I, I personally think, you know, in in his uh, division, he, he's one of the top oh, guys. For sure. Period. Top three. You know, I just don't think he has had some of the opportunities to perhaps getting on bigger stages like Fight to Win yeah. or Kasai or any of these big invites that... Put well, he had stamp the your ABI. name on. He, 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 had, had, you know, he did the ABI. And I think, you know, like you said, I think he, wants he doesn't get the respect. Too. Yeah. Yeah. He won two matches. He doesn't Both get the respect Laura. that he deserves, that's for sure. I mean, I, I think he's got a couple of more big ones lined up for sure. But Once my back gets healed, I really would like to get a fight to win. Because, dude, I, you mean I could train for one match as opposed that's to... That's it. Instead of, yeah. you know, I, however many however people many, show up. You yeah. can't. You can't. We got the ref right here. You can't, you can't have favoritism. And what? <laughs> oh. He got one of the refs. He's like the head ref. Whoa. You were the head ref for that one too, right? Um, No, I was not the head ref for the fight to win. I was just one of the refs for the fight to which, win. Which, speaking of which, I have a question for you. Because I, I did not agree with one of the calls. I did not agree with one of the calls as well. I did not agree with one of the last calls. Maybe it's the same one. Win. I don't know. For, for George's fight... I think George won that fight. At the fight you know what? Win. To be on, uh, he competed against uh, one of the guys from guys Cyborgs. from uh, Fight Sport. I forget his name. Sorry, Azambuja. Um, but um, here's explain. Here's the case <laughs> on that, and this is one of the things I wanted to talk about. All right, knowing the rules. Right, George, hands down, he lost that match. It was a very close match. Yeah, but he lost that match for not understanding the rules. Why? Um, and again, I because I don't have a disclosure from Fight to Win to openly talk about what the rules are. Right, right, right. I'm not going to. Okay. But following the rules in that match, as Ambuja was the winner mm-hmm. due to their particular rule mm-hmm. set. Right. Um, one of the matches that I personally did not agree, and I'm personal friends with both of them, was Efrain Ruiz versus Marcelo Maleiro. Which one was that? A it was a no gi match. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. 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 Okay. And uh, you know, during the match, understanding there's no points. So Efrain pulled guard, and it was pretty much of a stalemate. However, throughout the match, Melero attempted a mm. footlock, and it didn't get anywhere. It wasn't very tight. Uh, obviously, it was not something that it was like, oh my god, he's gonna tap any moment. But it was the only moment that he attempted an attack, a submission. And once again, following the rules, I believe that Malero should have won that match. But it was given the other way around. I removed myself from that match, even from scoring, because I'm personal friends with both of them. Yeah. I know them both very well. Uh, I've trained with both of them. So it's, I, I, as a professional courtesy, that's one of the things that I do. Even if it's not both of them, one of them, I'll remove myself from yeah. it. So, but not in my personal opinion, yeah. you know, that was the case. And, and again, it goes back to what, the, what I wanted to talk about. Slide. I'll let you What's slide that? on that one then. All right, so, you explained it to me. I'll go with it. All right, last one then uh, before we get into it. Um, Nogi Pan Ams this past weekend. Gordon Ryan got double gold. IBJJF. Not only like double gold, all matches won by submission. Yes, every match. I told by you. Submission. I told you that dude is a beast, man. I, but here's 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 what it comes down to. And look, 
I'm excited when he. I'll watch everything that guy does because oh, yeah. it's, it's he's amazing. exciting. He's exciting. He makes. How he long, goes for the kill. How long do you think you can keep that peak, dude? He's young. I know, but that's what he's I'm saying. What, 22, 23 years yeah. old? Something like that. He's, he's got eight, ten years on him. But to keep more. that peak, it depend, if, depending on how healthy he stays, right? If he, he's, he's gonna, he can stay top dude, five you, for the you, next here, eight here's, years. Here's for a sure. fact: you do not reach your peak strength yeah. until you're 35 years old. That's not true. I'm 35. I'm weak as shit right now. Well, it's better. Yeah. It's better at like 28. Yeah, but look, look what you're eating. Yeah. Macaroni and cheese and, and, and Doritos. Chicken tenders. Look, I earned it today. Hey, right? you're like a, you're like you're eating like a five year old. Yeah, I'm cool with that. <laughs> um, shout out to Herbert Burns too. He competed. He lost his match against AJ Agazam, which was actually a pretty good match. That's another one that. Did you watch it? No, I did not. That's one that I would love to like have you watch, just because. The way that the points played out. Right. I mean, I can't really go about it on this. Like, we'd have to sit there and watch it. But sure. the way that the points played out, it was an advantage for each. AJ had one uh, <coughs> penalty point. And then two minutes or, like, the last ten seconds of the match, they give AJ the two points that he might have gotten. Like, Well, I mean, this minutes. is the thing. If the referee gave it to him, but he, here's he got the thing. He didn't even point out the points. So he had a takedown attempt, and Herbert got up. Then he so, had an advent, he had a submission attempt with a toehold. Uh, there's one right there behind you. There's a pen on the table. So it was, it was a bit weird. I think AJ did win because of that takedown, but it was like, okay, you can't give a point, you know, ten seconds deep off of something that happened two minutes before. Yeah, he can. Can you? Absolutely. Yeah. I don't believe it. Well, because well, within the rules, if he, if yes, he, you can. Yeah, because he's got to work to get control. So if he takes him down and he can't control him, but eventually gets gets that control 10, 15 seconds later, right? But that's, that counts. That's the thing. That's that was the thing that was weird about that match. I'll I'll hunt it down so you can watch. Yeah, and, it. And, and again, I I can't really smartly comment about it because I did not watch yeah. it. But by your description, if the referee is looking for something. You know, during the scramble, there's there's a compromising position, mm. or you know, if there's a takedown and the guy's defending, um, you know, through the takedown, defense and submission, and he gets out of the submission, there's a lot more. I can take my time, you know, time run out, and the score is zero zero, but during my analysis of the match as a referee watching the match, and at the end of the time, I deem one competitor that earned two points. Three minutes into the match, mm-hmm. guess what? I'm gonna give you him the points it. then, because I, I'm well, doing like, my yeah. analysis as the match goes right. through. I know that you can chain the the points like if it was in transitions, and then you can chain them all up at the end after the fact. But I didn't know that you could sit there and say like, oh, by the way, you had a takedown two minutes ago. There you go. Um, another example of that was a match. Um, I forget the other gentleman's name. I believe he was a Gracie Baja guy from Texas at the last Miami Open. Uh, versus Carlos Sikic from Puerto Rico bearing jiu-jitsu and Yamaso jiu-jitsu. Um, it was a very close match. And the referee actually gave one of the guys points. No, I take it back. Did not give him points. Mm-hmm. Okay. And during the, actually ended up reviewing the match. And he goes, oh, no, this guy won because I didn't give him points. And there's the move and their positioning where he should have earned points. So... Yeah, guy wins. Well, now so, it's funny you bring it up. Now they're putting in the video replays. 
Yeah. And, 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 I, and at the Miami Open, what's already taking place? Because yeah. they, they apply it. Yeah, so you can do the video replays. Well, I, there was... So at... The, uh, at Wagner's uh, Major Event. League Jiu-Jitsu couple... Uh, two weeks, last week was there. Yeah. yeah, I know. I was, I was Yeah, he was repping. There was a... One of the last matches, there was a huge commotion. Huge commotion, but there was, a, but there was, there was a lot of people that were so confused about the point system, right? And they were getting so angry. <laughs> they were getting so angry because they were like, "No, he should have gotten those points," or they gave, or they gave him some points. And, and so, and, but what what was the the point or the rule system? Was it an IBJJF based no. one, or it was his own? No, it was. Um, I thought it was ADCC the, rules. The best way that I can explain it is to Wagner's understanding. He took what he believed was the best of every system that he knows and put them together. Mm-hmm. Um, so, certain period of time was no points. Right. Um, you know, there were certain moves that in most of the tournaments would have been illegal, like, for example, reaping the knee. Um, but he allows it. As long as you don't do heel hooks, you could do straight foot locks. And then the points were pretty much standard. Um, if I'm not mistaken, the match you're talking about, again, it was uh, part miscommunication from the refing staff because you use, in his event, you utilize a three-ref mm-hmm. system to avoid those sort of issues. But... Where the big confusion happened was not only on on the call of the winner, but on the points right. that the team would get. I think it was Schlosser and uh, and Fight Sports. Yeah, and so, they, there was a, there was a meeting. It seemed like in the middle of the. Right. So hold on. So run me through exactly what happened. I don't so, remember exactly do what remember? happened. The guy, the score was zero zero, overtime, and that's the other thing on overtime. Um, First points win? Not necessarily. So you score the takedown, okay? You get your two points. We get back up, and I score a takedown. After you, I win the match. Was it like the last The last person wins? to score points. But the overtime also ended up in 0-0, so it was judge's discretion. Uh, that always is going to be a problem. Yeah. But even worse was there was almost a fight. Dude, this <laughs> kid, I couldn't believe he did it. So it was the kid from Schlosser. Um, he wins his match. He opens his gi. A little guy, like like a hundred and thirty pounder or something like that. Uh, opens his gi and starts pounding his chest to in side. Cyborg's face, dude. That's a bad dude. Move, man. This this kid was probably, I mean, one fifty five holding a sandbag and yeah. a stack of phone books. Oh my god! And you know. You're talking, you know, he, he's... Man. You see Cyborg, I, Cyborg looking at him? Like, is this seriously happening? And then I look over and I see Eric Schlosser going... Like, try, <laughs> trying to, expl- try to explain yeah, to the Cyborg. the kid's a little crazy. The kid's a little crazy, but I was like... But then, but what that did, what was cool, it was, it was crappy that it happened like that. But what was cool was is it shifted the energy of the rest of the matches. Yeah. There became... It became hot. It became, yeah. Oh, it became hot. It was, that hot. was such a it, bad move. It was That's a brown the last belt. thing you ever want to do is get that brown belt. For, oh, the, the for, uh, I believe his name is uh, Carlos. I he just won a submission only event, small little event that they just did in Miami last weekend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and I and believe he for won fight sports. Yeah. yeah, and he like he had a close match yeah. with the other with with one of the other brown belt from Schlosser. From Schlosser. Look, man, 
And he was like, he, he wanted to win so bad, but I don't, like, here's the thing. I don't believe emotion no. in jujitsu helps you. I think it hurts you Absolutely. because sure. you're trying to kill and you're not thinking like, you're, well, you, well, look at what happened. Remember a couple of weeks ago, that kid in, uh, at the, uh, at Worlds? The one that like cursed at uh, the one dude and the guy threw a chair. I forget. Oh, the coach threw a yeah. chair. Yeah. He threw a chair, stormed the mat, stuff like that. Like that's what I'm saying. Like the last thing you there, ever want to do is get. Is there's get a new it. rule against that too in the IBJJF. <laughs> Any coach that does something unbecoming of the yeah. of the com- competitive. But to get like to get fight sports, the entire fight sports squad to have a target on your back. That's a well. The dude move, and the dude man. went right down the line. That was what was amazing. This like, little dude goes right down the line in front because they're you're sitting like like an, if, uh, a wrestling match. Yeah, you know everybody's seated and everybody's facing the mat. So he goes down the line, opens his game, he's pounding his chest, and I'm like, did that just happen? Man, did that? And I was sitting, I was standing there, me and Brian Fury, yeah, we're sitting there just going, did that? We were talking, we were like, holy shit, that that kid just he is not making it out alive today. Oh my god, that's bad. And he, I think he hurt. The, was that the kid that hurt the the other kid? I'm not sure. Remember, he hurt his, the ankle. No, no, the no, knee. no. That was somebody different. That was somebody different. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But it was the same. It was it was Schlosser versus. But it was a Schlosser versus fight sport sports. thing. Yeah. So that rolled out of bounds. Yes. And and because the kid was, he he never tapped. He was defending the whole time, but he he screamed, grunted. Um, the referee believed that the kid was just trying to escape and grunting out of like, yeah. well, let me get out of this one. Um, and then he grunted again and, you know, the referee was able to see, you know, physical pain in the face and stop the match. You know, Cyborg got a little hot, yelled at the ref, and, you know, and the ref and Cyborg already cleared it out and talked it about, uh, talked it and squared it out. Um, but it was, again, it's one of those things is, you know, the whole room was screaming, everybody yeah, was okay, everywhere. Yeah, yeah. And like you said, it was set up kind of like a wrestling meet. Um, so everybody was like on the edge of the mat, and you're trying to watch for not people getting on top and not falling yeah. over. And you know, I, that's the one where the kid got injured a little yeah, bit. Yeah, right. And it sucks when anybody gets injured, but it, like, yeah. it, like, but the I thought I thought it was a that, so I loved I loved that part of it. Yeah. Everything else was a little wild west, and I get it. It was his first comp. It was yeah. the first comp, and and. You got to work out a lot of bugs, but I think what I think could help that is what is I, I realize Wagner is a gi guy as well, but he's becoming m- more known. No, Wagner is no gi. No, but he's sure. also a gi guy. Yeah. yeah. But I think I think he because he's becoming more known as a no gi competitor, he should just make it a no gi competition. And you know, and that's I I like that that uniqueness because uh, uh, the deal is. The head coaches choose heads or tails, gets flipped. Whoever wins chooses the first match, gi or no gi, and then they alternate. So you know, then the next coach. Chooses well, I don't mind. No I don't gi. mind it in the in the the format. I'm talking. The format was perfect. Yeah. I like the gi and the no gi stuff in the team competition. I'm talking what happened on the outside afterwards. Oh, I didn't, I didn't know that the regular tournament was like that as the well. The regular yeah. tournament was both gi and no gi. Okay. Yeah, so, yeah. like, it, it really, it, 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 it made a for a lot layer. of, but it made yeah. for a lot of confusion. Yeah. Sure. And it was, and, and people were leaving, so it was like, it, it, it was, so I think to People were leaving, like, like, in frustration? Or? Yeah, yeah. I think in order to streamline that, 
do the team competition exactly how you did it. I, I thought it was really cool. But the the the, 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 outside, outside event. the open event, make that just a no-gi competition. And, and you know what? I, I got to give credit where credit is due. Wagner is not a promoter and, or event coordinator. He's a jiu-jitsu top-level jiu-jitsu athlete. This is his first event. And it was great. And I thought it was fantastic. Even with all his little kinks. Listen, for a first time, and, you know, he, he tried to cover his end as much as he could. You know, He's only one the, man. The things, he's, the things that I saw that could have been improved were minimal. And I think, you know, his next upcoming events are just going to be great. Yeah, I'm mad that I, that I had to miss it. But everything that I heard was, was pretty good. No, it, it, was, it was incredible. I, I love that team aspect of it i thought it was really cool I, I and what's funny was is i just listened to the rogan eddie bravo uh podcast, podcast the other day and, and there's another one that yeah. they just did quintet yes yeah. where they the, where you get 950 pounds yeah and then that's your four people and and then they could face you know one of your little guys could face one of the big guys there's a combination way yeah. in one single match yeah, and, yeah. so it's like it, that's a cool idea by weight but like I really like this one. You take up like uh, half of our allotted amount. Um, well, I don't know, two seventy-five. That's that's two two and a half people right there. What? Yeah, I mean anybody less than a hundred and fifty pounds is not really a real man. Well, I mean, I'm not getting into that. <laughs> I'm not getting into that argument. I'm nowhere. Last time I was walking away. Walking away yeah. because walking I know way. some guys will make 145. <laughs> yeah. That you know yeah. is a scary thought. All right, so that actually segues, 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 segues into what I think you wanted to talk to us about rules, understanding rules. That's exactly what I wanted to talk about. Obey rules in here. Yeah. Oh yeah. Rules. But we'll allow it for the day. So what do you? What is it that's on your mind? Um, you know, and. and it's a perfect way because I see a lot of people complain, you know, oh, well, this is not allowed. Well, this is not allowed in that other event, mm. but it is allowed here. And, you know, you have uh, some elite guys losing matches due to the lack of knowledge of the rules. And then people go from event to event. Um, it'll be great to have something unified uh, across the board. Happen. But I don't think that... Not in, not in my lifetime. We're gonna see that. Yeah. Um, well, I you mean, know, it can make that. There's only one thing that I think can make that happen, is if jujitsu becomes an Olympic sport. Absolutely. That's the only way that we're we'll, not getting into this argument again. We did this last time. <laughs> what, what? About it becoming an Olympic sport. But you got to look at it this way. But that's how we could get a unified Jiu-Jitsu, rule set. Right. But the way that you that I mean, look at the the different rule sets we just talked about in the last twenty minutes. Jiu-Jitsu is going to be more like poker in that the game is pretty much the same, but you have different styles. You have five card draw. You have no limit. You have high low you have jazz you have all these different styles at the end you still call it poker i think I, it'll still come down to it's a jujitsu tournament with this rule set it's tough when everybody's trying to find that that golden packet of these are the rules right yeah i don't think you're like you said yeah if we end up having a a olympic level sport then you'll have it. It's still not yeah, going to be the golden. Yeah, because everybody would just go. Still not going to be the golden rule. Every country would follow the Olympic rules. Yeah, but, you know. And but look at basketball. Basketball is the same thing. We have NBA rules, and then we have Olympic rules. 
So you're still not going to have that. Like, well, there's a difference between a professional league that you're getting paid and you're a professional athlete to do, and then something that everybody can do. So it's like it would make sense, and it would be it would be smart so everybody could know the rule set if we could just follow one rule set. Because, you know, like even look at, at any MMA, like like look at look at the old pride rules. I love the old pride rules. A t- one ten, 10 minute, minute round, round and then, then another five minute round. But the ten minute round, it, you know, that's where you, you get your battle. You're tested in that ten minutes, and then the, that five minute round, you know, it it, it, it the, the finish or whatever. But like ten minutes, everything goes stomps, all that stuff. I think you know that's that's the kind of stuff that I think needs to happen in jujitsu. I think, and I think it needs to happen soon. Like we talked about, IBJJF needs to adopt heel hooks it's 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 i think it's doing the sport a disservice when you can do everything but this one thing yeah but remember we talked about it there's the weekend warriors which are guys that'll still train five six days a week but jujitsu isn't their life so in and this is something you know you mentioned prior i don't think we have to go that far back yeah you could do mma today and you do MMA in Las Vegas as a professional, and it's one particular rule set. You go do that as a unified rules. You fight MMA in Texas, which Tyrone Woodley just yeah. defended his title. They're not using it. It's not the same as unified mm-hmm. rules. It's two yeah. different rule sets. And you know, the, the the epitome of MMA right now is you know whether we like we like it to admit it or not, it's the <coughs> UFC. Yeah. So this is the exact same organization working on to, under two different rule sets. But that's not their call. No, it's not their call. It's but and then what we go by unifying and knowing the rules. Because something very simple here, a guy can lose tens, hundreds, thousands of dollars. Mm-hmm. You know, on a mistake, you get disqualified through the match. You know, you're, you're shit out of luck. But um, and and then say for example, we <coughs> mentioned about you know heel hooks. I agree. So the weekend warrior, all right, that's going to be your white belts, your blue belts, your purple belts. Some brown belts. Some black belts are weekend warriors. Um, but I believe that at the brown belt, it's different. And definitely at the black belt, it should be you should know how to defend a heel hook or how to tap quick enough. Well, you're the black belt, not me. I mean, I could say so, that, but it comes. You know, but that's the reality. You, I, if you I, would argue, I would even argue purple belt. It, it, I, would, I would argue. Because purple belts aren't allowed to do knee bars. Yeah. Uh, or you can do. Do you see? You can basically do a banana split now. Yeah, you can do banana split submissions now. But you can do it. But you cannot do a belly to back suplex. Correct. But you that's insane to but me. Wait, you can if they don't land on their neck or their head. But if I have a belly to back and I do a complete back arch, and you land on your head, that's part of the motion of the takedown. I'm just telling you what was in the. I, un- I understand no, 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 what no, you're yeah. saying. I, yeah. And I agree. I agree. I think. Slam. The only slam that you shouldn't be able to do is from if, the close guard. From the close guard. If you're on your feet and you make a mistake, like the one, did you see the one that was making the rounds a couple of weeks ago? Yeah, the brown the belt division guy. No, there? no, they were blue belts, I think. Oh, okay. No. And right. the dude, the dude went to do a uh, like an uchimata, and the kid caught him and picked him. That's up. That's the one that I was gonna tell you yeah. about. And yeah, then, I'll and then, right now. and dropped him. Yeah. He got he, disqualified. He got disqualified, but it was the right call. And here's why I'm telling you it's the right call because. Once he reversed it and he grabbed the belt, he didn't go with the motion. He grabbed him, 
picked him up even higher and then went. It, it, but it's that motion. Is, watch. I know. I watched it's it. It's a natural watch. motion off his takedown. But he had control of the individual. And, 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 and now we go to higher. understanding but the it, rules on paper. But here's right. there, there is there is a, a, a reason for bringing somebody higher sometimes. Because if you don't, they might be able to put their foot down. Again, here's the thing. He, the guy was already off of the ground. And then he got lifted up higher. So if I go to reverse it and in the motion, I could just throw you. That's one thing. But if I pick you up and slam I you down. I, again. Look, we, got, I, we literally have. I still. Here's the, the thing. If you're on your feet, you should be able to slam the fuck out of somebody. <laughs> That's gonna, my opinion. I'm going to show the ref Slams here. on your feet should be allowed and fucking heel hooks. I'm going to show you the, the, the official want out of my ref right now. And he's going to give us the, the rule. And reaping. Reaping should be allowed. Everyone says it puts your knee in a dangerous area. Yeah, so does a fucking Kimura. Put your shoulder in a bad, in a bad way. And then I get it. But yeah. then you can't do a sumigayashi with the head outside. Yeah. That was the That's other thing. Insane. That part I didn't get. So I, I think they, they, they try to, you know, create these rules and limitations for the safety of the general public. And I get that. But then, you know, we go back to something that, um, you know, some of the other guys we were talking about, watering down and softening up, the you sport. know, the sport. You know, jiu-jitsu is a tough sport, you know. And you stay in jiu-jitsu long enough, guess what, man? You're going to get injured at one point or another. Do you think that maybe doing two separate rule set where it's like the one would be the weekend warrior rule set and the other one's like full on open no like rule but set. we have that and it's called belt levels I, i'm just throwing out in my opinion right so you know the rules are not the same for a black belt than a white belt right or a blue belt or even a purple i can't find so it. you so know those it. those that that's that's your that's your break point listen you know you're a black belt, and you know what the rules are. You but signed you the know waiver. How these guys are. It doesn't matter what level you're gonna. But sit that's there your problem. Right. That's an individual. That's your right. problem. All right. So now going with what you said, because I was there next to you the whole time while you were preparing for the ADCC that we did over here. Right. Right. So I followed you. What those three last three days, mm -hmm. and we did the rules and this, that, and the other. Out of how many competitors did you have that weekend? Over. Uh, close to 300. Right. Five showed up for the rules? Yeah, very, very, very few. So at the end of the day, when you have the opportunity for people to come in and learn the rules, you didn't show up, where were you Thursday night? That's where the, were you Wednesday That's night? your individual problem. Right. And I think this, this would um, eliminate um, a lot of issues. You know, the IBJJFs has a rule book, a printed rule book on their website that you can print, PDF file. Um, but the problem is that some of the rules are quite open to interpretation. I'm not saying that it's, that it's bad, um, but again, some of the rules are open to interpretation. And the problem lays on the individual and the individual coaches. Yeah. Because I think something that I've seen and, and I've been blessed enough to be able to visit a lot of different academies, gyms, I don't ever really see anybody sit down with their athletes that are about to go compete and truly break down the no. rules and teach everybody know the rules, know the point system. Naga used to do system. that though. What? Naga used to, there used to be a rules meeting at Naga 
IBJJF does it too. Yeah. But, but before the uh, no, but he's talking about like the coaches. I no, mean, the coach. I'm talking about the coaches now, not the event. Because IBJJF has their usually they have right. a seminar that they do it. They give you a certificate of completion the, and the whole kit and caboodle. What weekend Most, was the Worlds? The 24th. Uh, wasn't it? No, 27th. Uh, it was the 27th. Yeah, yeah, and. Uh, you know, and I think most major events do do that. Uh, ADDC, ADCC does it. Uh, you know, again, every event that I've been, I can think of that at some point that they do it. They do yeah. participate on some kind of rules meeting explanation. Um, but I also think that every event holds back some information for well, the rest. Was, yeah, right, and that was the other thing. And it's funny enough, because even in here in the rule book, it says that it's being left up on purpose to interpretation. It's up to the ref of your match to interpret what that rule meant, which is not fair because if you're my ref and Sean's my ref, That's I know that you, right, two different interpretations. So in one match, I could have you You'd be losing if that, I was your ref. And then, right. <laughs> I'm just letting so you know. So that's what I'm losing. saying. So at the end of the day, let's say it's this way. Okay. Sean's competing. I'm coaching. You have your interpretation of the rules. I have mine different. Let's say, not that it's gonna happen, but let's say yours is wrong. Right. And we know yours is wrong. You still have final say. Absolutely. But I can sit there and say, look. And you can argue wrong. it all you want. And unless you're Galvao, it's not gonna get Overturned. Absolutely. So what's the actual solution then? A perfect, just a more concise rules. Well, like a perfect said, example topic that we were discussing before we got on uh, on the air was you know in a no gi match what determines having grips to be able to pull guard yeah. on IBJJF rules you know is it me touching is it me actually gripping the individual you know so there's some room for right. interpretation and and again you know what a, a very uh, popular competitor you know, was complaining on his social media not long ago about the exact same thing. You know, the adjustment of the rule. If the individual pulls guard because there is no way that he could have stopped the takedown or whatever case may be, uh, you know, it, it goes back to the interpretation of the referee. Yeah. I mean, that's what happened to me at, in my match. He went to go take a takedown. I couldn't stop the takedown, so I jumped guard. I still fell on my back. It's a takedown for him. Cool, no problem. He slammed me twice, nothing happened. So it's it's one of those things, it's weird that, but like you said, some rules are kept, not hidden, but you guys don't put it out there on purpose. Right. And that was like my other question to you because I know that we kept the, we didn't record anything with the rules meeting and stuff like that, specifically for a reason, because that's what it's mandated. Because we want competitors come in and get the rules directly from the ref. Correct. But with an organization like IBJJF, because you have so many tournaments, should they have full-on videos, this is the rule, this is the instructional course, there's no interpretation, this is it? I think so. I think that there should be something. And again, they have, sure. they have a very good rule book um, with... You know, the rules described, and it's a pretty lengthy rule book, but right. I mean, you could compare that rule book and look at it. I mean, that thing is like, you know, like, like the, the OSHA federal regulations, yeah. safety no, it's protocol. For, yeah, it's insane. Yeah. You know, so it, it should be simple, 
concise and to the point. cut and dry right. to the point. You know what? What? It, so. so what about like when it comes down to situations like that where it's, it's up to the rest just version of the rules? This is what I think it means. So what about that then? What do we do in that situation? I think that's a poor choice on, on the organization's part. And that's just my personal opinion. Right. You know, I, uh, they should not be on up to interpretation. So what about, let's say, let's back back to the IBJJF rulebook. It says that if it comes down to a draw and the ref can't make the decision, it's a random pick. Is that really fair to do no, a random pick? No, absolutely not. Like you're going to flip a coin? Well, I, I think I just overview that, and it was I think it has something to do with injuries. If both competitors yes. cannot continue. That's no, what it is. That, yeah. No, well, that also... And the, the score is tied. It's not just on the injuries. Yes, it's it also no. It's not just on the injuries. Mm-hmm. So no, let's not. let's we use your it. example at hand. And again, because I have not read it, read right, right. the book front to back. But if the match is zero zero, they okay, both are injured. Uh, they're not injured. Okay, not the match injured. is zero zero. There is zero advantages anywhere. There's zero and nothing on the scoreboard. It should not be a random pick. Impossible. Right. There's always one person Who pushing the, the action line. more than the other. And, you know. Sometimes, though, it's close. Sometimes it's close. Now, it, it is definitely a referee's discretion. Right. I'm going to choose who I believe, and this is something that I would personally use. Who's trying to finish the match? Who's going for the submission? Okay, so let me ask you this. Totally different sport. Do you see the Triple G Canelo fight this no. weekend? Okay. Super close fight. Right. You look at the numbers, Triple G technically won, but you look at the percentages, Canelo won. The percentages are, are skewed because if you threw less and landed less, or landed more, let's say, in the percentage where you say you landed 35, but you only threw 100. I threw 300 and landed 33%. I look like I'm losing, but I still landed whatever amount of punches, like 80 punches, 90 punches, whatever it is. Sure. And you only landed 30. That's the problem when, you know, I, I, and yeah, people say, oh, don't leave it to the judge's decision. Listen, bullshit. Some it of these happens. matches, are, it's going to happen. So, all right, so now back to jiu-jitsu. We have two big guys. We're just sitting here grabbing each other's lapels. We're pushing back and forth. It never ends up at the ground. We can't take each other down. Neither of us is going to pull guard. And we just push back and forth. What do you do there? You, the referee has to make an educated decision. This is where an experienced referee comes into play. He's going to have to make an educated decision upon his observation who tried more. Minus the gringo curse. The gringo curse. The, yeah, gringo, the gringo curse. We have the gringo curse for sure. But see. I've been, and I've been a no, we victim both have, of it. No, we at both. The masters, right? at, the, yeah. at the Masters. I remember that. So remember, though, you were for the, the random pick because we talked about this. Yeah, I think. I, I'm I totally would, against it. I, look, if, if, if we're going to do, I would say, a replay. But like, if I'm saying if it's close, there needs to be a random pick. I think if it's too close to call, like if a ref's watching this thing and it's too close to call. Let me ask you then, Carlos. What match have you seen where it's really, really that close to call that you couldn't pick? Wagner's Brokers event at the Major League Jiu-Jitsu. Right. You know, that match yeah. that we were talking about, there was a circumstance and this was a communication issue more than close. It mm-hmm. was extremely close match due to the rules. There was a miscommunication because there's a usage of three referees. Uh-huh. 
and the referee and the center referee made a an instruction to the athletes my particular position I could not hear because everybody was screaming and everything was so closed in what the referee's command was to the athletes. Mm. And that made an effect on, on my outcome. particular decision. Right. If I would have heard something else, I would have made a different choice, mm. perhaps. But, you know, we would have to overview the whole match. Right. And there's been matches in ADCC at the world level and the trial level where is one of the reasons why we have a group of judges on the table the referee on the match on the mat rather is for the safety of the competitors but the judging people are the ones on the table and it's always at least two yeah and we will discuss the match in, in its entirety and make it that decision because there will be a moment that sean might have missed but i saw something in particular yeah you know and vice versa and then we'll conference with the floor referee i saw this did you see this and he said well i didn't see this did you see this and you know and have it, happened, that conversation. it happened a couple of times too i remember it happened a couple of times where the referees had to go back and forth now let's say i'm at the table you're on the mat we have to discuss things at the end who has final say does it have to be an agreement or but this is I why the table has to be at least two so it's three and one, people. So it's three. So right, and even in the IBJJF, it's two out of three have to agree. Right, for but that's only for finals. Everything leading no. up to the finals, no, 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 no. it's a single ref. It's a single ref. Right, but and in the IBJJF now, they can sit there and deem three refs for any match whatsoever. It's not just the finals. I know they can, but they don't. They don't. They don't. They're not they going don't. to. Well, they because right. it's a logistic issue here. Logistic, now you got to yeah. pay three refs per mat. Yeah. It becomes pretty well, expensive. Yeah, like fifteen mats. Yeah, no, yeah. They but, and, and, and that's that's the problem. Now it comes down to the call of one person, yeah. and who's who's. Yes, they're right there, but sometimes. I've seen refs just looking at one thing sure. and not looking at the other thing that's going on. And yeah. with jujitsu, sometimes the other thing that's going on is just well, more important. Is more important. IBJJF is bad. I can't think of how many times I saw someone that's sitting at the desk just looking down, looking down. Well, they're just they timekeepers. Yeah, well, they're no, time, because no, now, but the desk is, you see, I'm, uh, and, and, two and points. this they is, just the and we go switch. back to, to the uh, universal rule set that we talked about a little bit earlier. You know, ADCC has a particular system in place to try to avoid that issue. IBJJF, you know, single ref on the mat. And, and again, this goes back, this is why it should be an experienced, an educated referee that had to compete in the past at least, and, you know, at least a higher level belt than the competitors on the mat for that same reason. Because, you know, the outcome of that match... It's in my hands, yeah. you know? And let's, let's be real. IBJJF, you know, they don't provide any sponsorships for anybody. It's not invites. They're not flying people in, you know? You're making an investment as an athlete to compete. And a weekend warrior, you're looking at, you know, two, three, four hundred dollars in airfare, hotel, meals, entry fees, the time that you're not at work, you know, if you're nine to fiver, it's, it's, yeah. it, it can be... Just in one tournament, a grand, a thousand, two thousand dollars. Well, even now, remember, like I was texting you, uh, saying that now they're going to introduce that every belt has to sign up for membership. So right off the bat, you're already a hundred bucks deep, one hundred twenty deep. 
Well, no, I it's, mean, it's only 40 bucks. It's $40 for the registration, but then you got your registration right. and then entry fees. But yes, IBJJF has one of the most expensive entry fees in any combat sports. Um, you know, but if you look at, you know, the comparison of other combat sports, you got to have a boxing registration. You got to have a USA wrestling uh, registration. You got to have a right, but uh, see, IJF it, registration. It for comes judo. back down to what you said, though. For me, it's until they get their shit together with the refereeing and the choices that they make and the non-biasness, like let's not have any more biased decisions being made. Then I'd be like, okay, here's my money. I'd be more than happy to pay a membership fee for that. You can't, you can't stop buying. You can't stop that because that's on the individual. Right. And it's, but it's, it's not still, like until we have a robot ref yeah. there's, that, that calculates exactly what's going on the entire time, there's always going to be a bias. Because even, there's even a bias when, when a ref has a certain game and that, other, that competitor oh, yeah. plays that game. Like, of course. Like, like, I'm a half guard guy. If I see a half guard guy, I know exactly what the half guard guy is doing. I know what he's working for. But if I got a guy that's working Top spider guard or, yeah. or whatever, and I'm like, eh. yeah. you know. Or beating Bolo. Or yeah. Baron Bolo. Yeah. <laughs> but it's like, it's like, I will, like, I don't mean to, but I'll, I'll give that guy a little, I'll be like. There's a you you can't sp- help it. It's very difficult yeah. to disassociate yourself from there. And, uh, you know. But let's look at it this way, too, then. You have white belts and blue belts. Blue belts are going to be a little bit more inclined to say, I want to compete. White belts are going to be a little bit tougher to, to bring into the sport. And now you got to deal with the bad decisions. So you already have to pay the $40 membership. You have to pay the $120, whatever, to, to sign up. Now you come in and you get shafted on that first decision. You're not really going to want to compete in that ever again. No, unfortunately. The fact that you don't have to have a membership fee, for me, I think it's more inviting to have white belts and blue belts come in and compete. That's 40 bucks, dude. If you if you can't afford 40 bucks $40 for a year, for the year, then you you can't afford 110 bucks for a fucking tournament. But if you've never competed before and you sit, all you hear is people complaining about the rules and stuff like that, are you really going to be inclined to do it? Like, yes, because I want to test myself. It has nothing to do with the rules. I don't want to have a new going, breed that comes in, you don't have to pay for a membership fee and you pay Yeah, but then bucks. but but you have to worry about the the shit show that becomes their their uh they're Schedule. getting better. They're, They're getting better. better. I, I'm not. I'm, but, dude, that's the reason I wouldn't do new breeds before was because. Well, look at what happened with the Miami Open. So it's not yeah. that much better. Well, right. well, well yeah. dude, you can't stop with a fire that happens. You know that that's that's. <laughs> look, man. You know, but I mean, and and again, we go back to individual events. You know, new breeds rule set. It's not quite the same as IBJJF or NAGA mm-hmm. or any other ADCC. Has NAGA even come down to Florida? Yeah, they were in uh, Orlando. But they don't. They haven't come to South Florida. Look, you I, like, remember, they used to be NAGA down here all down. the time. Remember, NAGA shut down for a few years. They their office got flooded. That's the thing. Yeah, people I remember, don't remember that. Their whole office in Jersey got flooded in the hurricane. That's remember? right, Sandy. Yeah, so it just went. And then there was no more knockout. And if I'm not mistaken, I think Kip just uh, is going through some health issues as yeah. well. Uh, like, yeah. Um, but, you know, again, we go back to, you know, uh, um, solidifying the understanding of the rules. Um, and, again, there's the argument of, you know, the yearly membership for a particular organization. Because what happens, IBJJF starts charging $40. And Newbury starts charging another $40. And Naga starts charging another forty, and every organization out there starts charging forty bucks, and you want to compete, 
you know, and you want to compete five, six times in a year in different events, you you're banking, you, you're dumping 500 bucks a year right. in just organizational crap. So yeah, the argument for that is there. Um, realistically, IBJJF is the largest organization, you know, for amateur jiu-jitsu right now. End of story. Um, do they have, they have the right to do whatever the hell they want. They're going to do it because they have the... They $40 have the a year, I don't think is that big a deal. Um, I, but I do understand your argument. Um, but I don't think it's every ref. I don't think it's a fault of the rules. I think it's a fault of the understanding of the rules. Um, because then you have guys that are extremely successful and they play with the rules. Yeah. You know? And a perfect example of that is Leandro Lowe. Yeah, playing Or the Jeff games. Monson, when Jeff Monson was you know, actively competing in professional grappling. You know, these are guys, you know, that even, even Terere, you know, I, I remember very well, and we're talking about, about how to influence a referee. I remember watching a match of Terere being behind on points, takes the guy back and puts in a choke, a lapel choke, but does not choke the guy out. The whole stadium is yelling, ooh, Terere, and Everybody gets all hyped, and you see the referee's expression change and getting influenced by, by the, the public. Yeah. And the guy does not tap. Terere gets up and raises his hands. Terere might have thought the guy tapped. But you see it clearly in the video. The guy yeah. never tapped. And Terere was behind on points. Referee gets the win to Terere, and the guy's like going, dude, he never tapped. I never tapped. Yeah. I was ahead on points. So it happens. Well, you had we're a, humans. I think you had a story, too, when we went through the through the rules meeting for ADCC that we were talking about. If you have your hooks in, you get your points. Take your foot out, put it back in, you get points again, right? Well, that's particular rule sets. In that particular rule set. But I think you had a story. I want to say, was it that you said that somebody won specifically from play? 52 0. Who was I it? still remember the score. It was Pahumba, right? Marcos Damata, yeah, and uh, I forget the the gentleman. Actually, it was uh, it was one of the smaller ADCC invites we did here in Florida. Uh, Pablo Popovich competed versus Marcelo Garcia yeah. in that particular event. But it was, if I'm not mistaken, it was 52-0 the score. And again, it's understanding the rules. And Marcos Damata is somebody that he is he he's a scholar yeah. when it comes to the rules. And he will sit there and break down and analyze and break it. And there will be formulas on a yeah. board. And, you know, okay, that's those are the rules. Got him. Boom. And he will work with them very, very well. He's so, man, like one of the, like the, the coolest things of doing what I get to do is being able to go all these gyms and scoping stuff out and filming and whatever. Every time I go to ATT to shoot somebody doing jiu-jitsu class that Empahumpa is teaching – my mind is fucking blown. Some of the stuff that he shows, I'm like, and I know I probably shouldn't say it because he'll be like, you can't fucking come in here again then. <laughs> like, dude, some of the fucking stuff he does is just the tiniest little details of like, fuck, that's fucking genius. Like, why wouldn't anybody else have this? And it's so crazy. Like, something as simple on like your, your foot placement on taking the back or something like that. It's like, guess what? I'm just fucking adding my game now. Like, for sure. It's so crazy, man. Pahumpa is so underrated. And even though he's, like, so credited, I still think he's underrated on, like, his knowledge of jiu-jitsu. It's fucking mind-blowing. Well, <clears throat> to me, it's more, like, to me, it's amazing that Hanato isn't yeah. bigger than he is. Yeah. 
Because he's many, a humble guy. He doesn't talk how shit. Many, how many world championships has he won? I just, I just asked him this question at the Major League Jiu-Jitsu event. And if I'm not mistaken, he has four world masters. Consecutive. Consecutive, consecutive championships. Consecutive. And do you see the shape that dude's in? Oh, yeah. Uh, it's insane. I remember, uh, and this is a long time ago, Ricardo Libori was making a joke with Renato because he says he's looked the same way since he was like 12 years old, just with more hair. Yeah. <laughs> because he's always been in great shape. And, you know, there was a time, I, I think it was just the purple ball at the time. And, uh, you know, I asked Renato, you know, I, I need some extra, you know, strength and conditioning training. And he was sort of like the first person that I can really remember that put a strength and conditioning program specific for jiu-jitsu. You know, everybody was like, you know, bench, deadlift, squats, you know, the standard stuff. But, you know, he had me doing sled pulls. He had me doing, you know, we had these sandbags and just pulling like kind of like lapel drag movements. And, you know, box jumpers, you know, for explosive pop. He was the first person that I can remember Having a program like yeah. that. And he's been in incredible and like, shape. He and his technique is Did you insane. see the picture he posted right yeah. before he went to the world? I was jacked. Dude, shredded. Like, yeah. shredded like a 20-year-old. Yeah. I'm like, you know, what's I hate funny? to say it like this, but I'm like. That's a sexy man. Fuck you, Hanato. <laughs> fuck you, Hanato, for being in such good shape and yeah. making me feel like an yeah. asshole. But I it's funny like that you say that. Because when I... First, first started doing jujitsu, and I was doing all the the white belt research. I'm looking stuff up. One of the very, very first videos I saw was Hanato Tavares doing like a strength and conditioning program, and it was an ab workout. It was him with like a 45 pound uh, disc on a massage ball, the big like Swedish balls, and just doing all these different exercises, side to side, like hip escapes and stuff, all while holding the 45. And I shot him a message. I'm like, thank you so much for this. I've been doing this for like two, three weeks. Like, best abs I ever had. Like, I feel like I can actually do it. My jujitsu still sucks. But it's funny because you say that. It's the same thing. The first person that I ever saw that had all this stuff laid out. And I still do that exercise. You I know, don't and have abs, but. And, and there's a lot of guys out there, you know, like that as well. You know, and I remember before John Danaher, you know, became extremely popular as he is now. And the whole Danaher death squad stuff. Mm -hmm. I used to tell people, I said, like, man, there's this guy in New York. I don't think he's ever competed, but the guy is so incredibly knowledgeable when it comes to jiu-jitsu. And, you know, you get on the mat, that man was going to rip you apart. Yeah. And it's this guy named John. That, yeah, there he is. You know, this no, John Danner. And, you know, there's, there's a slew of other guys. Uh, there's a guy in Indiana, uh, Indianapolis, named Pat McPherson. Mm -hmm. um, and he's not very well known. But when he comes to MMA... You know, the guy's an incredible, incredible coach. He happened to be uh, Chris Lytle's MMA coach. All right. You know, and everybody knows him because when you see him, he had the, this big, thick Mr. Mustache. Magoo mustache. Yeah. You know, uh, but again, you know, there's a lot of guys out there that are a wealth of knowledge. They've been around forever. Uh, just they don't get the credit that they deserve. What's his name from King's MMA? Um, he wins the award like every year for best coach. Come on, I can't believe I can't remember his name. He's so dark good. skin guy, bald yeah. head. Yeah, I damn, I don't I'm gonna kick now. my ass for. The, the, you're, you're talking the the striking coach, the head coach, the head coach. But he's he, he, good. He, he's the another one. Is, like he's yeah. so knowledgeable. Everybody knows he still doesn't get that credit. There's so many little coaches like that that just. Sure, sure. But what, here's know all like this to shit. me, what, like 
what's more just as important as their jujitsu is the kind of person they are, and they don't get much better than Hanato. Hanato, yeah, like what he does, like builds oh, houses in, in yeah. other countries. And he does all the work and, with like Mission Twenty Two. He yeah, works so much with vets and dude, stuff. Yeah, Hanato doesn't get. The, he's, he's a stand up as like a yeah. guy as you can get yeah. for sure. And he's I, one of those guys that if you have a problem with Renato Tavares, that's you. You are the problem. You are yeah. the problem. <laughs> Look, by the way, he's not paying us for this. So not at all. Like, no. Not at all. This We're is like, just personal experiences. No, this is this is strictly like every time and every time I see him, he's always happy to see me. Yeah. Gives me a big hug. It's like it's like, dude. Yeah. It's, it's like I honestly wish I lived in Vero. Yeah. You know where I could I could train with the guy Cordero. Rafael Cordero, Cordero. that's it. Yeah, yeah. But no, I wish we could go. I remember when we we went over there for uh, Foster's seminar. Yeah, seminar that was cool. He did a whole seminar just as a fundraiser for a friend of ours. So yeah, shout out to to Professor uh, Tavares. We got to get him on here one of these days. Yeah, yeah. Or if we could go up there. We could go up there. I got to get Marcelo back on here too. I know he's got a lot of stuff that he wants to say. Like he doesn't get enough credit. I gotta get him and, and Herbert. They have a lot of fun like busting each other's balls. They're pretty funny. <laughs> to watch them watch them train was one of the best. I was filming Marcelo while he was training with Herbert and Herbert started to get kinda like cheeky going for extra stuff. He's like, Oh motherfucker, you're trying to sit there and do all this extra stuff because the camera's here and they're like cracking up just talking trash while they roll. It's hilarious. That's how it should be. That's how it should be. You should. You can train hard and have a good time. You don't have to try to kill each other. No. The speech that I give all my guys when we're out there, I go, look, this is not a battlefield. No. This is a laboratory. You need to experiment with what we've just been going over. If you're not experimenting, you're not finding out if this can fit into your game. So you have to experiment, and if you get caught, if you get tapped, if you get swept, who cares? This is our safe place. Absolutely. You need to get into when you're doing this stuff. How are you supposed to know it works? How do you? How are you going to know if you never go for it and all you care about is winning and doing what you've done? So, and that's what I. That's the speech. Is I. I said if you always do what you've always done, you're always going to do what you've always done. Absolutely. You're not going to grow, and that's the part of jujitsu. But people are afraid to lose. Yeah, but you sh- I understand, and I, w- I was afraid to lose, too, at one point. But then I'd say around Purple Belt, that's when I started going, you know, I need to, I'm not growing. I'm doing the same thing, and people are understanding my game, yeah. and they're beating me, or they're not, I, it's not that they made it even beating me, but now I'm not beating anybody. I'm just, they're, they know what I'm going for. So sure. I had, in order to evolve, I had to put myself in outside of my comfort zone and start going for shit that I didn't know what, what to do until it started making sense. Right. So what's your advice for guys that come up to you and say, Hey, I think I'm like, I'm plateauing. I don't think I'm getting any better. I've been training every day for the last year and I just don't feel like I'm getting any better. What do you say to, to guys like that? First and foremost, what are you doing now? Right. Whatever you're doing now, do something different. Right. That's it. You know, if you're usually in, in your gym and, you know, you're a guard player and that's all you do and you're always pulling guard, well, guess what? Try to wrestle. Yeah. Try to do some judo. Try to play top game. You know, play more top game. Let your training partners pass your guard. Man, I'm getting stuck on 100 kilos. I hear that stuff all the time when I'm coaching. I get stuck on 100 kilos. What do I do? Put yourself on 100 kilos. Mm-hmm. 
And these are some basic fundamentals to escape that position. Now do them. And then adjust it to what works best for you. Because guess what? I got about six inches of legs, you know, versus you, you got four feet of legs. That's gonna be a whole different escape system from the 100 kilos position. That's just basic understanding, you know? I'm 245 pounds. I'm gonna have a different movement. I'm not gonna be freaking doing bidding bolos ever. Yeah. You know, do I try them? Yeah, sometimes. You know, maybe one day I'll hit it. You know, but you, you just got to do something different. You know, and that's when growth comes in. There's going to be some change. There's going to be some growing pains, and you're gonna tap. Everybody taps. It's gonna happen. So do what, something different. What about seeing the fact, the trends that always go on? There's always the the next the, thing. The next thing. It, it was. The, the 50, beating 50, bolo. It was 50-50, then, then Barambolo. Then now, worm guard. Yeah. Now, now it's about football. Well, worm guard didn't get like that popular. It started to for a minute. But you know, IBJJF squashed it. I, I, when I started jiu-jitsu, you know, uh, and probably not exactly when I started jiu-jitsu, but surely the new thing was half guard. And I remember watching Salo Hibedo competing in ADCC with shorts and a jiu-jitsu gi top. And he was doing some half guard stuff. And I was like... Well, that sounds kind of cool. And at the time, I had injured my leg, and I'm like, let me try that. And it kind of worked for me a couple of times because a lot of guys haven't watched it and haven't seen it. So how am I getting swept from here? You know? Um, you know, and then people started doing more footlocks. And then the footlocks kind of went away for a little while. And then, you know, open guard and lasso started coming in. Then inverted guard. You know, all these beating bolo stuff started coming in. And what's funny is, None of this stuff is new. I remember watching a guy, um, Marcel Fajeda, as a brown belt, doing helicopter sweeps. It's not, you know, now they call it bidding bolo. Mm. You know, yeah, there's some adjustments. It wasn't really popular back then, but there's not a lot new under the sun. You know, trends, of course, man, it's gonna happen. It happens everywhere. You know, you you look at a basketball player in 1945. You know, the average height was under six foot tall. Mm -hmm. Now you get guys topping seven feet all the time. It's gonna happen. There's gonna be changes. When I started, I was semi-athletic. <laughs> and now you look at these kids like freaking Gordon Ryan. Yeah. I've seen some of the pictures and videos when he was like 16, 17 years old, ripped, all jacked up. Just you know, wrecking people. You, you, you see some of these guys nowadays, you know, the, the professional guys you know, That's you never saw bodybuilders 30 years ago, they didn't look the same that they do today. And, you know, with science and nutrition and technological advances, the access to information, you know, we joke about it, Sensei YouTube all the time. Yeah. But guess what? You can learn some of that stuff. Learn a lot of shit. Yeah. I learned so much from the Mario Sperry Valetudo series. <laughs> You know, bang, bang, punching a bag, bow, bow, you know, but, but I learned some stuff, you know, and, and I had all the DVDs, Conan, Marcelo, and, and Carlson Jr. had a video from Panther videos back mm -hmm. then. I had that stuff. I still have a collection, a huge box of VHS tapes that I got to get it digitized at some point. Oh, for sure. You know, God knows if it still works or not, you know, yeah. probably disintegrate. But it, that's something that I always joke with Ricardo Almeida. Mm. That I'm no Ricardo Almeida. I'm in Diola, sorry. But uh, you know the, he has a stupid collection of vintage. Well, now it's considered vintage BJJ. Yeah. 
but uh, you know, it, yeah, change happens. And it, but what do you say there. when you get like one of the newer guys, like, oh, I learned this, I just want to do this, do this, and this? Is it one of those things where you like roll your eyes, like, all right, first learn how to do a spider sweep or a scissor I, sweep? I or... don't because everybody learns different, right? You know. Um, and, and a story that I have about that, there used to be, a, he was probably around 12 years old back then, a guy named Chris Manuel. And I don't know if you ever met him. You probably have. Mm -hmm. um, and he was just 12, 13 years old back then. This is when the first UFC video game came out. Mm -hmm. And we're training and he hears this little footlock set up on me. And again, he was like 100 pounds, you know, and I'm looking at him like, really, kid? I was like, but that was cool. Where'd you learn that? He goes on the UFC video game. You can't knock anybody for learning something somewhere. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, everybody learns different. I, I tell my white belts not to watch yeah. because they'll come in and they'll ask me questions. I'm like, dude, you don't even know how to get out of side control. Yeah. I want you to get the – look, you can watch. There's some fundamentals. Yeah. Absolutely. You got to learn the you fundamentals. You know what I tell them to watch? You want to watch something on jujitsu? Watch matches. Yes. Watch matches, and then once you get your blue belt, then you can start playing with the different. Um, you can start playing with the different techniques. All right. Well, let's say this: you get someone that's maybe like a, a one-year white belt, right? Mm -hmm. They're still granted working on the fundamentals, but he learned something off of YouTube, and all of a sudden is just wrecking everybody. He's catching everybody in this. Mm -hmm. Good for Oof. him. Yeah. But you don't say anything like, "All right, go back to doing the other stuff." Well, it, well, it depends. He's catching everybody with one thing, but what else, what's he getting caught with? Because I guarantee you, one person, all one person needs to do is figure that out, how to defend that, and now he now he's done. And if he hasn't worked on his fundamentals, he's screwed. 100%. He's screwed. I, I totally believe that. For sure. Those first, that first two years is very, very important. And it's movement and positions. Honestly, if I didn't have to, the only reason I teach submissions to white belts is because if you don't, they'll get bored. Yeah. Of course. That first two years should be positions, um, transitions, and being able to survive. That's what I think the first two years should be. But if you don't teach them how to how to tap somebody out or whatever, they're gonna get bored. They want everybody wants. That's why they. they that's why they come. That's in. why they come. But that's they, when the the bug hits. Yeah. So once they start nailing those like couple of submissions, and all of a sudden they're like, "Oh, sure. this is this is what I've been like trying to hunt for, like that little rush, over and over again." Absolutely. I mean, there's you have to have fundamentals, you know, um, you know, and I've seen guys, you know, with very poor fundamentals, but very good at the advanced sort of stuff. Yeah. And uh, they can walk, or they can run before they can walk. Yeah, and, and you and they're, they're you know. In the EBIs, you, you would see a lot of that stuff. You know, yeah. a lot of these guys that they would hit a lot of crazy stuff, but they would never beat somebody with solid fundamentals. When somebody can defend these, and I use the EBI because there were so many leg lockers in there. Yeah. But when you get somebody can really defend the leg submission game or neutralize it. They're done. You know? Yeah. They don't have anything else. Well, that's what you get, like, guys like... like uh Hodger Gracie, it's like all basic. You can't you can't get yeah. more basic game than that, and an incredible high rate of success. Yeah. And even uh, what's his face, Kron. Uh, Kron. Yeah. yeah. Even Buchecha. Yeah. yeah. You know. But he's just an animal. Well, he's yeah. just so freaking but strong. But still, and huge. you see him. You see him compete. 
you know, his game is very basic, very fundamental. Yeah. Did I ever tell you how I met him? How I met Bushisha? Like the most awkward meeting. He was just here a couple weeks or last week. Yeah. yeah. He was. He was. He was. He did a seminar at uh, up and uh, up at uh, Stephen Stravelli's oh, place. Right, right, right. But I never told you how I met him. No. The weirdest fucking thing ever. So it was when I was still working with Gilbert, and we went to Sao Paulo for his fight. So Gilbert had a hotel, like he had the big fancy like Kilton one that the UFC puts everybody in, mm-hmm. and I was like a couple of blocks down. So like Gilbert texts me, he's like, "Hey, come over, like I, I need your help or something." So I'm like, "All right, cool, whatever." I walk all the way to his hotel. I had the key, so like I just knock on the door because he was still cutting weight at the time, so I didn't want to just barge in. And oh, I remember in. this. I remember. You I fucking this. like I open the door, pitch black. A room is pitch black. Now it's a standard hotel room, so you know how it is. You have the little hallway, and then you have two beds, sure. and there's always like a little chair or something in the corner next to the TV or something. So I walk in and I see this one guy with glasses just sitting at the chair. That's like that's the only thing that I can't see. And then I know that Gilbert's sitting like on the bed somewhere trying to sleep. I'm like, hello. Like, and I look, and this guy's like, hey, what's up? I'm like, is that fucking Bouchesha? I'm like, what the fuck is this guy randomly doing in this fucking room? And like, Gilbert's like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm like, bro, what the fuck, man? I was like, say what's up? I'm like, super weird. Like, how am I going to have a conversation with this guy? Like, my friend's half dead from cutting weight. This guy's sitting here. I couldn't even recognize him because he's wearing glasses. Like, this is such an awkward situation. I'm like, all right, guys, what did you want, Gilbert? Yeah, Bouchesha's kind of like BJJ's. Clark Kent. Like, if you seen him, <laughs> you wouldn't have a fucking you wouldn't clue. have a clue. Yeah, yeah, you never know. He's just like a regular looking guy. He's big, he's big and athletic. Like you could tell right. Leandro Lowe. You could see Leandro Lowe. He's got a very like distinct look. But like, I've always liked to use Mike Musumeki for that. Oh, yeah. for, for that, because he looks like such a goofy kid, and yeah. you know, it's just like you never think he's you know two time world champion. He's the kid that like he's the guy that I would bring with me at a bar and just like randomly bet people. I'm like, bro, I bet you that kid could fuck you up. 500 bucks if you can even like touch that kid if you can take that kid down I'll give you 500 bucks what that little guy you know I I was just telling my my guys the other day about about Mikey Mm -hmm. about how he lives the only thing he he lives for two things School, jujitsu. Well, I should say three. Wow, do you you fucking give me a Spanish Inquisition here? School, (laughs) jujitsu, and pasta. Um, pasta. Dude, he loves pasta. He loves pasta. But, like, he's an animal. Dude, they, I used to watch him and Tammy. They would come to the gym and drill for hours while they're still in high school. Yeah. He's off. And, and look, he's the fourth American black belt champion. Yeah. Out of, for how many four. years? And the, oh. and the only one two-time. Yeah, the yeah. only one two-time. Who was the other two? Uh, BJ Penn. BJ Penn. Um, At the black belt. I think it's only him. Lovato? No, 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 no. There, yeah, I, 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 Lovato. Lovato, yeah. and there was one other person. I don't remember who the other um, one is. I will look it up because I do this remember is, Lloyd Irvin. I do remember Lloyd Irvin, uh, but I think he was a blue or purple belt yeah. when he won the worlds. Speaking of uh, guys that we haven't seen, and BJ Penn, you see, he's got another fight. Uh, that's right. He's and got Ryan a Hall. fight coming up. Ryan he Hall. finally, Ryan Hall finally got a fucking fight. So BJ Penn against Ryan Hall. I wonder what's going to happen there. Like, what do you think really is going to happen? It's a jiu-jitsu match oh, with punches. Well, okay. and it, um, yeah, and but here's it comes down to it's technically also new school versus old school. It is, um, but it's but it's that beginning of new school. Yeah, you know, with newer school. 
Let's say <laughs> if we're talking new school as far as like the style of striking BJ Penn is gonna do, like if he's gonna do that dumb shit, like yeah, it's definitely new school. Um, before we get sidetracked anymore, I wanted to make sure that we went over everything that you wanted to go with. No, yeah, I mean the fourth one was Robert Drysdale. Robert Drysdale. Oh, yeah, okay, well, That's right, because I I remember uh, him when he won the Pan Am's as a purple belt, you know, and I heard him speak perfect English, <laughs> and I said. I thought you were Brazilian, but at the time he used to be with Alliance. Uh, and I was like, I thought you were Brazilian. Yeah, you know, my parents were, I think his parents were missionaries and living in Brazil. And, you know, that's how he got with Jiu Jitsu. Did he turn and just randomly switch accents and stuff? No, he, at the time he had, you know, pretty clear English. So. No, and he still does. I went to, I, when I went to Las Vegas, Vegas, I went yeah. to the school. And it, super nice guy, dude. Oh, super nice. He's fucking big. He's a big dude. He's a big dude. Like, you yeah. don't realize, like, damn, dude. Yeah, he's 6'4", six, 6'5". Six, yeah, is he? He's, 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 he's yeah. tall. He's very and tall. He's, and he's wide, too. So it's like, and if, I think he fought 205 well, he fought I, MMA. I remember because he competed against another guy that, you know, former team, um, current team of mine, uh, Wilson Gouveia. Oh, that's yeah. a purple yeah. belt at the Pan Ams. So. Dude, that's so nutty. It's funny how small like jujitsu really is. There's so yeah. many people, but it's really small. Those names. We were trying. I was trying to do the math. What do you think the percentage of people in the planet do jujitsu? Oh, it's less. less it's oh, it's less than one percent. Zero zero one percent. I mean, you're talking seven billion. And there's like the question is how many thousand people actually do jujitsu? Like, what did you say? Twenty thousand times? No, more than that. I think there's no. way more than that. No I way. would say at least a million. No. At least a million people. No. I would say YouTube. I would say worldwide? Yeah. Yeah, I'd say a million. A million United yeah. States? In the US? Um, Probably. Maybe so about 200? 200,000? Yeah, I'd say less than 1%, which or, Because here's the other issue now. Or, you know, you go to any martial arts school, regardless, they, they do some too. kind of groundwork. Are we, gonna, are we going to do that, count that as well, or, don't, or not? Don't get me started. You know, it's a well-educated purple bill in the middle of nowhere with no access to anything else. and you know, so. Do you agree with that, that was it no one, uh, like, purple belts shouldn't be teaching? No. That they because shouldn't. it's all circumstantial. Right. I remember going to, and this is many, many years ago, to Asheville, North Carolina um, for work, and we found this small little gym in Asheville, and at the time... There was nothing around for three hours. Uh, and me and Wade Rome, you know, went and we trained with these guys a little bit. Um, at the time, I think I was a purple belt. Wade might have been a brown belt. Um, no, man, you know, you there's, there's very able, capable, good instructors that are purple belts. As long as you teach what you know. Yeah. And it's like, look, you can teach purple belts and below. If you're a purple belt, and you're the, you, you should be able to teach purple belt and below. Now, you can't, be, you can't have an IBJJF school because you have to have a black belt. Yeah. But, you know, you, look, man, you ha, like, who, who are we to say you can't teach? Yeah. What about Gracie Academy? The online stuff? Or am I totally... I, no, no, no. I mean, that, that is a little bit off the deep end. But, yeah, yeah I, I, don't, I don't agree with that. Yeah. I, I, don't, I don't agree that you can get a blue belt... Without an instructor, mail order blue belt, and mailed order, I just don't. That doesn't sit well with me. It should be like a 
interim blue belt. Call it that. Nah, no, what works for everybody else. Well, what about what about those people that self promote themselves? I you think s- that's insane. Oh, that, that is, is so the great. craziest. That shit is the me. best thing ever. I love that. That guy <laughs> that promoted himself to brown belt, right? Yeah. Oh, you saw that one, right? Yeah, he was like some long hair crazy dude. Yeah, and he was like, like, oh, I believe I'm good enough, and here I am. You know, it's been I a couple a, of years. I watched a guy demote himself. Did Anthony knew it? Did it for a hot minute? Anthony knew it. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's like, I've been out of the game for so long. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't feel honored to carry a black belt. I'm He's gonna crazy, demote yeah. myself to a purple belt. He's so crazy, you know. And I then was... I guess John Lewis had a talk with him. He's like, dude, you're disrespecting me. You know? <laughs> like, get your ass, put your black belt on, and you're a black belt that haven't trained for a while, and get your ass back in the gym. And what is he? He sells bracelets for like. He 300 makes, bucks. Yeah, he makes those bracelets, but they go to, to charity. Go for no, no, I house. think it's awesome. Dude, do you remember when he was, what was it? He was walking. He Japan? did the walk from one edge to the other. And uh, what's his name? Jeez. Uh, Fowler. Mike uh, Fowler. Mike did Fowler too. did that with him. I think it was yeah. awesome. Well, Mike Fowler, when he did it, uh, I think with him once, and then he did it again by himself, I think. Okay. But I'm pretty sure Ensign did it like three times already. That's crazy. Like, I would love to do that, but fuck, man. I'd rather do the Appalachian Trail. I wouldn't. I don't want to get killed by a bear. <laughs> they're brown bears, dude. They're they're not that big. A bear is a fucking bear. I don't, to I'm you. Black bears. Oh, to right. you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to you. Like, yeah. You know what? No, you're right. I can definitely outrun you. The bear will take you before it'll take me. Because yeah. you, you don't know that. I I will put money down. You do not know you would outrun me. Oh my goodness, Sean. Listen. I am a. I don't have to. Out, I, I don't have to outrun you. You just gotta push you. I just gotta hurt you a little bit <laughs> and then get out of the way. That limp will. <laughs> that limp will buy me plenty of time. There was a. There's a reason I was a Division One collegiate athlete. So. That was 50 years ago, Sean. No, it was not 50 years ago. Was that four, was that was before genetics was really played played a part <laughs> in like football. I'm right? still fast. In they a were just line. like, hey, get that big kid that looks a little slow. Put him on the front line. I ran a four eight uh, forty at three hundred pounds. That's a savage. Don't let him. Don't let him hype you up. That's don't that's let him hype you up. Look, I guarantee you, I will put money. I will make it a thing on the podcast. I will put money on this. When my when my performance oh. is is feeling better. Okay. What about your cartilage and your knee? I don't. I, I can go on straight. I can't turn left. I'm like I'm like Zoolander. <laughs> He's like the reverse NASCAR of running. Uh, I can only I, go. Right. Yeah, I can only go right. If I go left and I plant and turn, done. That left knee just does not like to turn left. That's not fun. Like the, like Zoolander. No, the, 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 the beauties of getting old. Oh Jesus. Uh, I can't even say anything. I right now, what's going on moving. with me? Let, so let's let's talk about. Oh, let's this go. Right hold right. on. Can I? Did, did did you bring my violin? Because I forgot it. Right now, what's wrong with me is the smallest muscle in your butt. It's called the piriformis. The piriformis, yeah. It is this big, <laughs> and it is wrecking my world. It's going all the way down my right leg, all the way up my back. Tom, I was talking to our Told friend, our friend Tom today. He said when he had it done, it put him out for three months. When, when it's like this tiny muscle is wreaking havoc on my life. And it's like, you it's got, like, I'm 45 years day, old. Huh? Well, you know, you gotta take what you can get. But it's like it's amazing what goes wrong now. Oh, dude, bending over to turn on the water at the at the the to turn the shower on. I'm like, oh, you know, it's like what just happened? It's like somebody shot me in the ass with like a 22 from like, you know, I'm like, what the hell's going on? I'm feeling this is I way too young to feel this old. 
Yeah. Told you go get those PRP shots, man. Well, I want when I can afford nine hundred bucks or seven hundred bucks. It's not that much. Go hit up Tony, man. I don't know how many times I got to tell you to hit up Tim over at. Uh, no, I know. I was. I'm telling. I, I know how much it is. I know it, that it's a, more than five hundred bucks. I definitely need to go up there and hit him up. My back is jacked up too, just from moving. It was the first thing I tried to. And move how up. old are you? Thirty-five. Shut up. Yeah, man. It's right. Like, oh, Dude, dying. I notice a difference dying. between thir- twenty-eight and thirty-two, and then I notice oh, a difference sure. between thirty-five and thirty-two. Forty-five and thirty-eight is like two different worlds. Yeah, you just degrading on me. Well, I'm you're gonna have to like duck. But you know, you know, it's not so these, much that. It's now you going. you learn what you how you have to do things. Like now, I'm all about my recovery. So right. like I'm doing yoga three days a week. I'm doing all I'm doing out there is is I'm not lifting. I rode the bike today instead of lifting stuff for. So for the next two weeks, all I'm gonna do is yoga, stretching, rolling out. Maybe a little bit of drilling, but that's it. Because I can't, I can't live like this. Where I can't, com- no. I haven't been able to compete it's, for a year and a half. I don't know if you were at the. You just, the last time we both competed at the same event, right? You know, and then the right after that, I went. I, I did, um, or two two other. No, ones you went that. to Worlds, right? But then another time, just the, not a year and a half ago, the Miami Spring Open. Okay, I entered. I beat the first guy, and I had to pull oh, out. Oh, yeah, that's right, yeah. I had the first time I've ever had to pull out of it, and I was going to uh, – my next match was against Vitor, uh, uh, Victor Dorian. Okay. And I was like – I was excited because I wanted to compete against Victor. Right. And, um, but I couldn't even stand up. Yeah. So I've been dealing with this for a year and a half, and it's like, seriously? Yeah, no, it's it's not fun. You know, in, you know, as time continues to take, you, you got to take care of it. How do you, how do you keep up with your schedule between teaching and then all the stuff that you're doing as far as, like, you know, to, to be honest, I don't train as much as I want to. Right. Um, just because life, um, you know, and, and a little bit of my own procrastination. Well, I, so. yeah, I still got to come in and enroll with you guys. Yeah, no, I would love to, to have you. Yeah. So. so before we leave, the rules. What else you got for me? You know, I um, I make a plea to whoever is listening. You know, educate yourself as much as you can about the rules, and you know. But I can't even film you. We couldn't even sit there and do a video where we sat there and did a rule. Uh, that's a particular situation. But you know, there are ways to get to get the information. What know? if we did an IBJJF one, where you uh, like where we go through this rule book and you sit there and you break down the rules? I would I would love to do you know to do that you know I, I don't have a problem doing that you know but I think it's it's an individual responsibility to educate yourself to the rules so I, again you know it's a plea to everybody that is listening you know educate yourself about the rules right. you know and you know don't complain I know because I know I know it's eating you up inside that you can't throw out the names no I mean and this, this <laughs> is not just anybody in particular it's just in general yeah it happens in every event Always. Uh, I had an event uh, that I officiated, um, Grappling Industries, down in Miami. Oh, yeah. And I had a parent literally call me every name on the book, yell at me. And, you know, and the promoter was like, yeah, you want me to kick him out? I was like, no, don't. Number one, it's not going to change my lifestyle. I'm going to go home and still be happy and sleep like a baby tonight because I'm tired. Um, so, no, don't kick him out. Yeah. But... He was yelling and screaming because his kid 
lost due to the rules. The rules were not the same as whatever they How were used to. How old was the kid? A young kid, maybe 10 to 12. What, one of my biggest pet peeves are the parents at these tournaments. Oh, yeah. I almost snatched uh, father up. I was this close to snatching him up the way he was talking to his kid. You're the last one. Oh, I've I've interjected. There was, I want to say he was a new breed. And this guy, and I wish I knew his name because I would call him out. His son lost the match. The kid's crying because I think he lost to a girl. Comes back to the the barricade area. And the dad is, I can't believe him, this and that. And I'm like... Dude, don't freaking... And I told him just like this. Don't fucking talk to your kid like that ever again. Yep. And the guy looked at me like he was completely lost. Yeah. And people behind me started cap- clapping. And I'm like, I'm not saying it for that. Don't fucking talk to your kid like that again. Your kid may never continue his jiu-jitsu journey because of what you just did, you piece of shit. And I walked away. Because I knew if I would have stayed there, there I would have grabbed him by the throat. Yeah. You know? I... I and all this kid wanted, I guarantee you, all this kid wanted was a hug from his dad. That's it. That's all he wanted. It's, it's dude, it's all right. You'll, yeah. get a, you'll get him next time. That's right. It's like, yeah, just go back. You train some more and we'll do it again. Like, that's it. Yeah. It's, I just, I like, these parents that live vicariously through their but kids. But that's the man. other thing, too, man. Like, that's the hard part. Like, that's, you're thinking about these kids there. Maybe they're not even crying because they actually lost. They're probably crying because they lost, and now they're gonna have and to deal with it. And they feel that I let my family down, yeah, right. or now I gotta worry but, about my dad saying but shit that's, to me and because that's a problem. I lost. Yeah, you should not put that much pressure that's on your abuse. kid to compete. Yeah, no, that's abuse. if your kid if your kid wants to compete, that's one thing. Don't make your kid compete. Yeah, you know, I, I my it's daughter detrimental. You know, my daughter. You know, I encourage her. You know, go. You know, she wants to train. You know, but there are certain things that. You have to do. You got your res- your school responsibilities, and whenever you want to compete, you compete. But I don't push her to it. Yeah, you know. And everybody has different parenting styles. I'm not going to tell you how to raise your own kid, but don't belittle your child because they lost a freaking jujitsu yeah. match. You well, know? you see, it's like those the soccer moms and well, dads look, Monday. And all that here, here's bullshit. the thing: in the grand scheme of things, that means nothing. And that's that's one of the best things that I take with me when I compete. Is I know if I win or lose. It doesn't matter. Monday, I have to go to work and and make money regardless of what happened to me on Saturday. Absolutely. So it's like not having that pressure makes it fun for me. And if, if I had to put my put pressure on myself to win everything, I would never compete because I'd be such a wreck and I'd be I'd be so nervous and I'd be like, yeah. But you know what it is too is the the more the sport grows, the more parents are going to see that as the potential of. Either that's the out, or that's a way for my kid to make money. Remember when we had Al from One versus Need? He told us about um, Allegor from One versus Need was on the podcast, and he told us a story about how this father, uh, I think it was a girl, right? I think it was a, or whatever. A father reached out to him saying, hey, you know, we, we don't live in the United States. We're trying to move there. I want my kid to get, like, a sponsor, and, like, they want to compete, and, like, that's the way that he saw the out. The more that happens, the more you're going to get those, like, tiger moms, like the Tiger Woods moms of, like, oh, yeah. train, 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 train. Like, that's that's the only way you're going to, like... Uh, and that happens in every sport. Right, that's every, what I'm saying. In every but, sort of culture, it's it's inedible when it comes to that. It sh- and it shouldn't happen. You, the kids should only train that much... If they want to. If they want to. Yeah. You shouldn't force them. 
like it's different like I understand like if a kid signs up for soccer or football or baseball and making them fit and they, they find out they don't like it you make them finish that season because mm-hmm. they made a commitment look make that commitment but if you're in martial arts and your kid doesn't like it take them Same out way. Yeah. Take them out. That's wasted money for you, and it's wasted time for them. They could be doing anything else that they they might end up liking. They might end up liking music. They might end up doing whatever. Yeah, they got to just. Not everybody. Them. Look, not everybody has to be an athlete. We need scientists. We need, you know, you know, we need doctors. We need we need people that use their brain more than we need people that use their body. So, you know, there's there's nothing wrong if your kid's not athletic. Or your kid's not competitive. Well, let's not let's not promote obesity here. What, know, what, kids got to like what, exercise what is, a little what bit. What does too. obesity have to do with not athletic and not? Right, look, look who's talking. Let's, let's, about, well, let's, I have a fast metabolism. Yeah, let's raise your shirt me. up and let's take a look at that belly. Uh, it's right there. Yeah, <laughs> You're working your way up the heavyweight. I'm at two hundred five. And, and going yeah. back to enjoying and enjoying the jujitsu, even at the competition level. I remember Rafael Lovato putting a really funny video. Oh, masters and... The difference of, you know, adult black belt, new style type jiu-jitsu, you know, and then he's with one of his guys and, and they're all like super they aggressive. Bu- they both pulled guard. scoop, 50-50, get a sweep, you're a world champion. Yeah, yeah, You know, versus... The masters. Masters jiu-jitsu and they're, man, how you doing? I haven't seen yeah. you in so long. And the match starts and they get a technical takedown, a guard... Pa- there's a lot, a little bit more technique involved, and get the submission. Man, how, you arm okay? You yeah, 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 Let's yeah. go get a cup of coffee. Yeah. You know, you gotta perfect. enjoy it. You, you know, always got like the funniest like when he teaches is Pulga. Pulga is always funny how he breaks down like the points and stuff like that when he talks about stuff. He's like, look, just, just be smart. He's like, look, sweep two points, world champ. <laughs> so it's like, so it's like teach class. He's like, Pulga is one of the funniest people yeah. I know. Like, but like, unconscious. Like, not. He doesn't mean to be he funny. Does, he well, just no. He, 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 just, no, he does. He does mean to be funny. Yeah. But like, it's amazing. Like, even with how broken his English is, how funny he is. And I've never, I've never seen that dude in a bad mood. I've never seen Puga in a bad mood. He's one. He's 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 one of those people that I love to see whenever he's around. I'm like, yes, Puga's here. He's someone. Yeah, he's someone that never really got his credit in the MMA. Like, no, I mean, not he at all. He won the belt. He had the belt and then didn't get another fight. Like, what says is that? What, what's his record? Isn't it like 15 and 1? Yeah, no, I think he's some crazy he, number. Is, like is, that. He, is he retired from MMA? I, I don't know if he's officially retired. I think he just didn't want to focus it anymore. I think he got tired of trying to find. Uh, well, look, I, I, I can understand people not wanting to fight him. Yeah. Would I'll you want you. to fight this guy that, that can just. You know, you can basically tap almost anybody out. Let's see what it's like. It's like wanting to, and even even uh, what should we call it? Um, for worlds, he he won worlds. Like I mean, get him back on there. He I, did he? I think he won two years in a row. He won the year. He won the he year. Won two years. The in year a row. that I won brown, he won black. Right. And then he came back and won black the next year. I think he won fifteen and two. Fifteen. I know it was. I know it was a very, very, yeah. Very good and then record. it's not like. I mean, he's had legitimately like good fight. Yeah, the last one was a loss. He. I mean, look, man. He he only lost to Rick Glenn and Christos Giagos, but he's fought some legit people, man. And 
I think I hope that they're gonna put him back at the at the next fight to win. I think they're putting him into the next one, right? I don't I think know. so. He he got AJ pretty good. He got yeah. AJ pretty good. Like, yeah, it, it's uh, you know AJ Agarzam, the king of escapes. Uh, yeah, it's like uh, he's always like it's like he's just small enough, or his neck is just big enough that. They can't. It's like it's weird. I've seen. I've never seen. I've seen that guy in Akimura. His hand touch the back of his neck, and his face cold as ice. Gets out, continues and like nothing happened. I think he's better than like he gets credit for or he lets on. I don't think he's amazing, but I think he's way oh, better. He's very than, skilled. But when's yeah. the last time you've seen him win, win. by? That's different. By submission. Oof. Uh, he got pretty close over the weekend when he None. was competing against Herbert. Right, right, but when's the last time you saw him? I'm talking in the big. In no, the, yeah, in the bigger, no, he's a points player. He's a, he's points, a points player. player. And there's, look, there's nothing wrong with a points player, but what gets him continually booked in these big matches has nothing to do with his jujitsu. <laughs> look, <laughs> no. man, he's just lucky it ended the way it ended against uh, against Wagner. Wagner was gonna like, kick the shit out of him. He was like, you know what? Fuck this jujitsu thing. I'm gonna just beat the shit out and of her, this kid. And her, what, what? Gilbert just like didn't even like wouldn't buy into that shit. No, no. Why is he going to? He knows where he's at. Yeah. He, Gilbert knows where he's, where he's at. Like AJ is just he wants to get into MMA. And it, I don't think it would last that long. I don't think so. I mean, his style is a little different. I think his jiu-jitsu style is good for MMA. Yeah, I agree. Well, he's a wrestler. Right. He's got the wrestling base. You no, know, he's a good wrestler, Division I, One wrestler. I don't know if he's got the you hands. Know, he's a good high-level black belt, you know, and he's athletic. Have we seen his stand-up game? Not yet. He's still finished second. But he is training quite a bit. I mean, I know the word out there is, you know, that he's looking to get an organization and Asking for a reasonable amount of money. It's probably so. get into one. I think it's the. I think that's the best way into MMA is to get big and either Muay Thai or any one of the in your own particular skill. In your own yeah. part- particular skill, you should get a, become a big name doing that. That for sure gives you an incredible base. Sure. Once the shit hits the fan, it gives you an incredible base to fall back on. Whether it's wrestling, Muay Thai, boxing, uh, jujitsu, and then. You can start once you come into these organizations. You have a name. Sure. If you don't have a name, who gives a shit? Because uh, when it comes to that level, it's all about putting asses in the seats. And how many people are going to buy a ticket to watch you fight if they don't know who the hell you are? I mean, I don't disagree. I think you still, at the end of the day, you're still going to have to have hands. Oh, always. You can't always. Just, I don't. You're not gonna have the days of Ronda Rousey anymore, where you're just gonna be able to hip toss someone, armbar. She also knocked a couple people out. Yeah. Don't forget that. People forget that. Come on. That's like she she knocked out what's her name, uh, uh, Betch Kohea. Knocked, put her to sleep. The level at the time, she was the highest level for women's MMA. Now, not so much. If she fought again now, they would all be like Holly Holm fights. And then she put, who was the other one she put out in the headlock? She just started. She weak. did Katz and Gama like Gana that. put, put her did, to sleep. Yeah, Misha Tate, she beat up too. Yeah, like, but she, her, it was her arms. It, it, it yeah. was like every, dude, I remember watching her versus Misha Tate and seeing Misha's arm. I was, yeah. I was doing this, looking through my fingers at the, because I yeah. hate seeing that. And like, uh, commenting for XFN and I'm right there and I see somebody, I'm like, I don't know what are the cover. I can't. I love it. I, I love can't. It. No, dude. I don't want to see it. 
Nor do I want to hear it. The, the sound you is You weren't worse. there at the the Roger Crawl. Um, oh, my gosh. She's going to kick me my ass for not remembering his name. Um, at the Titan FC fight that ended up going viral. I'm the one that had the video that ended up going viral because he had uh, Crawl's arm just bent, 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 bent. Damn, he's going to kick my ass for not remembering his name. I talk to him all the time, too. I haven't talked to him in a while. He's, uh, he's an army guy. Um, shit. What the hell is this guy's name? Anyway, he bent his arm back in front of the ref. His arm was completely gone. And it just kept going for a minute. For a minute. The ref just let him keep going. And the corner was like, fucking stop the fight. Stop the fight. And he, no, he just kept on going. Like, and well, then, I mean, that's... Uh that's different. It's a professional MMA fight, you know? And, and again, I've refereed many MMA matches. It, you're a professional MMA fight. I'm not going to stop the fight for a possible submission until you scream or you physically tap. Or in the case, I see something that the arm pops. I see something that indicates to me oh. that you have a serious injury. Oh, this was out. This was out. You know? I'll, find, I'll find it. I'll show you later on. I think we should probably wrap it up, gentlemen. We're hitting up the two-hour mark. Uh, oh, wow. Gotta, yeah. <laughs> Time flies. Yeah, no, we definitely got to get you back here uh, ASAP. Talk some more trash. Anytime. And get some more rules, discussions. And normally we don't talk jiu-jitsu this much. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm not even kidding. No, it's really, it's really the case. Uh, <laughs> we very um, rarely talk this much jiu-jitsu. Uh, before we cut it off, do you have any uh, news for us on uh, the next event? You got another event coming up? Uh, well, I mean, obviously, there's a couple of events, uh, you know, that, um, you know, the fight to wins. They got the Miami Open coming up now in November, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. What's up with five uh, grappling? You got to ask Sean Fowler that question. We'll get Sean on there. What about you know? ADCC? But, but, uh, but I know Sean, he, he has been working, and they're having, you know, the um, – the he's uh the league and god he's gonna be upset at me for not remembering the name that they have some pretty big prize money put on the line um, for the his jiu-jitsu league yeah the world world series of yeah. grappling there you go there you go sean i didn't forget <laughs> so and they got pretty good money on the line uh and that's what they're being focused in uh adcc in november third weekend uh is the east coast trials in jersey so that's that's coming up uh, make sure that, you know, sign up. If you think you got what it takes, this is the only guaranteed way to get into the big game. So, you know, you got to win the one? trials. And uh, I'm working on that, you know. Okay, there, I got I'm, some. I'm putting the pressure on purpose. I know you are, but that's why I'm being vague as <laughs> hell about it. So, you know, there, there's a couple of things that I'm working on. And, you know, here's the reality. You know, it, it, it takes money to make things happen. And, uh, you know, unfortunately, life continues to get more and more and more expensive. And venues are not cheap. Yeah. Staff is not cheap. And equipment is not cheap. But, uh, you know, we, we got some pretty good things in plan. And we're close to coming to, to fruition. I just don't want to, you know, count my eggs before right. they mm -hmm. hatch. So well, anything, anything you need from our end to help out, just, just I would love know. to. I would love to. And, I, you know, I, I had a, a lot of fun. And, you know, we di I, I didn't realize we'd been yapping yeah. away for two hours so well before we go where can uh, everybody reach you if they um, bug you, you know facebook you know carlos diaz you see my ugly mug in there and uh instagram at los los d-i-a-z 2531 cool and i'll tag you on the on the photos and stuff awesome. so people will be able to 
to uh, to hit you up. So if you got any questions on rules and you want to argue and debate them with Carlos, go ahead and follow him, hit him up, bug him about getting another ADCC put together so we can uh, get another cool tournament down here. Follow Sean. At Gorilla Boy BJJ everywhere except for Facebook where my name is Sean Ambrosino, which I think is bullshit that they don't let you just do it handle well actually you can just get your own url but you know yeah. i'll teach you that later grandpa that's cool thank you no problem follow me uh at sonder marketing i got some cool stuff planned for next week uh we might not have a podcast next week i should be up in new york doing some uh blood sport stuff i'll fill you guys in on that later on subscribe to the podcast share it follow carlos follow sean thank you to all our sponsors choke aloha jujitsu soap co and giraffe choke and we'll catch you guys next time you guys gonna say bye no fuck these people bye (laughs) (laughs) you can't Deal. I'm the best there is, plain and simple. I mean, I wake up in the morning, I piss excellence, and nobody can hang with my stuff. Kiss stealing, woo, wheeling, dealing, living, being right, jet flying, son of a gun, and I'm having a hard time holding these alligators off.